You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Alright folks, welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl Connor and I am not alone. I am joined by the one the only Mr. Martin Herty. One and oh, sir, welcome. Delighted to be here, Daryl. Delighted. I know we've been talking the past few weeks about... Um, recent wrestling shows and different things, but delighted to be hopping in the time machine again. We are. Not going back to In Your House. It's okay to take a wee break from In Your House. It's been a bit of a slog, but I'm really excited to watch this pay-per-view that, I mean, I don't think, I, I don't think Tony Khan could have hyped up a huge announcement more than you had hyped up 2007 TNA Hard Justice. Because I deliver on my promises. <laughs> Don't start the podcast off with a fight, Dara. No, I'm not, but I do. <laughs> I mean, I was saying I have a heck of a show. TNA wasn't always bad. It was phenomenal. Um, let's watch a show that I'm actually in the video package for. Um, you know, oh, I, I'd I mean, forgotten that when I... When yeah, I was, I'm literally in the oh, video pack. I no, forgot like, to keep an eye out for you. In the main event, well, go back and watch it, because it's all on YouTube. Uh, like, TNA actually put uh, their, the majority of their shows up on YouTube, which is amazing. And it's so sound, for free. Um, you can actually just see me really confused at certain points. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what is this? What is, uh, what is but, TNA? Yeah, you can just... I'm, I'm actually over Kurt Angle's shoulder. On the right hand oh, side, nice. So you can actually see me properly. Like it's it's hilarious. But you can see me when I was seventeen. So yeah, I, I look relatively the same. Um, so <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, so that so yeah, I was a little bit selfish with this week because I just kind of wanted you to not not to watch myself on television again, but to just enjoy what is like probably the last peak TNA pure TNA show, but has a lot of. TNA elements to it, including the main event, which is for every belt in TNA. Oh, oh, <laughs> not, 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 yeah, not just and in New TNA. And oh, New all, the belts. all the belts. Um, which is, is is funny in and of itself. So, like, guys, you're in for a heck of a treat. I I very much enjoy going back to watch this. It, it's like peak TNA, and we're like a month away from it it like impact stopping being a thing and it going back to tna um it's from the impact zone it has mike tenay and the great don west it, it has everything you could possibly want in a wrestling show and it just makes me a very very happy wrestling fan to go back and watch peak tna before the sad times 
before Hogan shows up and ruined everything. But, <laughs> yeah, know. there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff here. There's a lot of stuff here that isn't great, but that is a great concept. Maybe just not executed as well as it could have been. Um, there's a lot of stuff here that um, is uh, a little bit reminiscent of modern day AEW. In that uh, it's, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Know. In that it's like a, <laughs> it's like a buffet type thing. You know, you've got your high flyers. You you know, in your X division. Uh, and, real... and 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 it has Christian Cage. And it has Christian Cage, and it has Samoa Joe. Um, but no, it has like. Pete Christian Cage with oh, Tonko. I, I, I can't wait to talk. Oh, the Christian Coalition, man. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Christian Oh, Cage. I love Christian Cage. Um, you know what? No, I, so, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've made no secret that like Triple H is my favorite wrestler, right? But you know who's very close to him? Christian Cage. There you go. And and with, with good reason. And with good reason. And it's so funny because people are like, oh, his WWE run wasn't that great. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't. His TNA run was amazing, and his AEW run is phenomenal. Oh, it's so nice. it's like, but it's so sad because it's like people haven't seen the TNA run. It's like this is where he figured all this out, you know. So sorry, I, sorry, I'm just I could gush about Christian Cage for days. Oh no, and and, I guess we will, and and we will, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, like you, you have your X Division stuff, you have your hardcore stuff, you have your like actually really great technical mat wrestling stuff you have your sports entertainment your storylines you have your massive gimmicks there's like there's like a proper like a buffet like a spread of different wrestling styles here um yeah and i have to say overall like uh despite its obvious flaws and all that i really enjoyed this it's and it's we review shows a lot of times where we would say to people ah if you're going to go back and watch this, just watch this match. This is all it's worth, or just watch this promo. This is the only thing that's worth the time. This is worth watching, and especially the fact that you can just log on to YouTube, or you don't even have to log on. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm 80. <laughs> but you uh, just the go to YouTube and type it go in. Go to YouTube, visit YouTube. Visit YouTube. <laughs> A light upon YouTube and get it for free. This is well worth watching. No, it really is. And it's one of those things where when you're watching it, I, I think it it just it not only takes you back, but really just gives you a new appreciation for modern wrestling, but also the best of TNA. You know, it's, like it's, it, it, it's such a totally different vibe. It's such a great time to be Dara. Punk is back. TNA is back. Like what? I mean, what, look, what, it's, what other return would finish this for you? Cannibal corpse. No, it's coming back. No, it's unfortunate because like Bray Wyatt can't come back. Oh yeah. So that's kind of devastating. And either can Triple H. Because Triple H is, you know, if he wrestles again, he he'll die. So, you know, it's okay. We we you know we we'll get the motor motor cinema machine guns again. It's like like, uh, Meatloaf said, two out two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. Speaking of which, though. We got the guns on this show. We also got Rhino. We got all the lads, including Chris Harris and Black Rain for some reason. Uh, Is that Rhino with an I or a Y? With an I. Is that Rhino or Rhino? It, it's Rhino. Rhino. 
I have to say, no. I, that's the most like alpha move ever. It's like, right, you owe my gimmick. Don't care. I'm, I'm gonna change I'm, one. I'm gonna change one letter. <laughs> wear the same. The... Ge- wear the same gear. Use the same <laughs> finisher. One letter difference. I love it that he went to a different company. He's like, oh no, I'm Rhino or <laughs> or R I K N O W. So speaking of which, folks, we're going to go through this show. So step back in the time machine with us. We're going all the way back to August 12th, 2007 in Orlando, Florida at the Impact Zone. Attendance of 900. Tagline is all or nothing. And it's funny because I had just come back from from Orlando a couple of days beforehand. So I I was actually in like a block of these tapings before the pay-per-view. There's like four weeks of Impact I'm in. And then it turns out my dad, they used to like recycle footage. And my dad w- would show up in random episodes of Impact for like four years after this <laughs> until they moved and changed away from the ring. Because they just like, I remember I was, I was watching it. I'm like, dad, you're randomly in Impact. <laughs> What's going on? He's like, yeah, I am. And they just like reuse footage because obviously this wasn't live. This was like taped. And when the, when the Impact Zone would be lesser or more full, they'd obviously go back to footage where it was more full. Um, so I wasn't at the pay-per-view, but I am in the video package. There's so. such carnies. It worked. It genuinely yeah. worked. And I mean, the Impact Zone had a great vibe. I, I think I've talked about this before. What I, I actually started in the wrestling media um, about a couple of weeks after this, because I was talking on a local Dublin show about the Impact Zone, and that's how I kind of got into the wrestling media. So yeah. I started in 2007. So, you know, it's kind of funny. This show actually, or this run of the show actually got me into wrestling media. So there you go, guys. Um and uh brings you back it brings you back but what was funny about it is like you'd go into the impact zone and don west would be sitting there trying to sell you things and it's the most carny thing in the world like it really was he'd be sitting there with like here buy a bag buy a buy a special bag with all the stuff in it you're like oh hey don he's like oh yeah here you go here's ten dollars and you're like it was just like brilliant i've never had the atmosphere before except when i went to the glasgow show like man this is just like the impact zone you know so it does like there's a Tremendous atmosphere. Actually, I didn't even check. What's the um? What's nine hundred? Nine hundred. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like they, those people make more noise than your average raw. Well, see, it's funny, right? So the the pay per views, they weren't always paid. Like you didn't actually have to pay to go to him back on for tapings. They just like ride around Universal Studios and kind of grab people on the way out. Or, or you didn't even have to go into Universal Studios. You could just show up and walk in. You'd line up outside and they bring you in. You may or may not have to pay. You may or not have to have paid for the pay-per-views. I'm not sure on that. But the yeah. fans that went to the, the pay-per-views were actual fans. The ones that were in it were our impact were just... A lot of them were fans. Some of them were just wanted to get out of the heat. And we're just like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll go to watch The Rock. You know? People who come off Splash Mountain and were kind of dizzy and didn't know well, no, no. No, no, it wouldn't be a Disney show. It wouldn't be a Disney ride. It would be something like, you know, uh, Men in Black or The yeah. Simpsons ride or, or you know, something like that, like that was in Universal. So, like, <laughs> when, when you'd watch Impact, like, they'd have, like, random Minions merch or something, and you're like, what? This is so weird, <laughs> you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah, it's it's beside the Bloom, where the Bloom, where Nickelodeon and the Blue Man Group were. So, it's in CityWalk. I don't know if you've ever been to Orlando, um, but, yeah. but it, like, Universal have two parks, and one's, like, a Marvel park, and... Dr. Zeus and all that kind of stuff. And it's awesome. And then Universal Studios do, does like the movies. 
but they have um, it's where the Harry Potter stuff is now as well. Well, here, Dara, but, as a, as a kind of a business insider, let me ask you this: so uh, TNA would, you know, like for pay per views, sometimes you'd buy tickets, sometimes you didn't, but that's not unique to TNA. In fact, for most pay per views, for all companies, they'll sell as many tickets as they can, obviously. But yeah. when it comes to day, they'll comp loads of people just to get just to, just to get, it, get people in, yeah. People in the building. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if there's anyone listening who wants like a, a guide on how to get comped, what do you do? Do you do you hang around outside the venue and wait for it to start? Do well you, look, no, I how, mean, how do you how do you get your hands on these bloody free tickets? Well look, I mean how how this specifically worked was um you like would again, I don't know how it works today. Um obviously TNA aren't running shows from the impact zone anymore. But how they used to do it was you would just show up and just let you in. That's how it worked. But um if you're what what was funny is you'd be in the park and then you just see people with a bus just coming in and like busting people out of the park into it. So <laughs> like that to me that's more weird where you're just like you're 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 getting on like the Hulk and some lads like Get on my bus and then bust you into this wrestling place. <laughs> but like when you when you were cause obviously you, you'd buy your ticket to go in and then you know. But how, what happened with me and my dad? Because I was like seventeen, I wasn't even eighteen at this point, and uh, we we just queued up outside. And I mean, the wrestling fans that I met outside were like hardcore TNA fans. They were like real fans. So there's about 400, 500 people outside. And they would be like the the rabid fans, and then randomers would be like, "Yeah, I I like the Rock," you know. <laughs> they wouldn't know what's going on. They'd be like, but, yeah, uh, you never know. He might show. Yeah, up. he might show up. Um, like I mean, Sting was wrestling when I was there. That was class. Uh, he was in a ladder match, and it was awesome. I got to see Raven, and I just lost my mind because he was in a, a Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Oh, Sorry. Nice. Oh man, it was. I had the seventeen-year-old me. It was one of the best things that ever happened was the, the impact zone. And it's one of the main reasons why I've just been a massive TNA fan for my whole life since then, because it's just the best company ever. So but, um, for for people listening who like are wondering how you get these comp tickets, apparently it's not to do with you don't really follow WWE or AEW or whatever. What you do is you go on social media sites and websites and you follow the arena and oh. what the arena will do is it, and, and this is modern so, so this is like this, if, you, this if, is now. if you're this is now okay go on yeah what the arena will do is the arena will advertise for seat fillers and you'll no be brought way. in Stop. and you'll be given specific seats to sit in um you know and obviously you have to stay there certain amount of time and they can move you around if the camera is going to have a different focus on that but yeah apparently you just follow arenas on social media and sign up to them and they will put out calls for seat fillers there you go well i wasn't aware this was a thing um i think that's actually gas um that's that's unreal i mean Look, Ireland's quite small. Obviously, we're we're an Irish podcast, um, but what you could do is like, have you ever seen an episode of Simpsons where they're trying to save every penny, and in the end, going to Tokyo by just you can save money if you don't care where you go. 
<laughs> so if you just like hang out at an arena and just wait, you could probably see any show you wanted to, but you'd probably have to fly and just hang out at the arena for like a week or two and just be like, quick, like the Beastie Boys are playing. I need a free ticket, but then you can end up like watching something random. So I mean, if you live beside an arena, folks, you can be a sea feller for anything. If you, yeah, you, because if you're a local, yeah, you probably do get loads of of comps and that. Um, I think a a better example, or not necessarily a better example, just a different one, because I love talking about this show. In Black Books, they say, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's the greatest sitcom ever. Nah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, it is. They decide to go on holidays, and they set off to uh, Santanaria. And they get tickets for twelve pounds to Santonaria. Uh so their their holiday to Santonaria is for two weeks and they spend thirteen days on on airplanes and in airports getting to Santonaria because the tickets were so cheap. I mean genuinely, yeah. I like not to derail this too much, but when I was coming back from the States, tickets were a thousand euro cheaper i sorry we're a thousand euro more expensive but it would have been a direct fly instead we saved a thousand euro and ended up with a nine hour layover in manchester there you go i would have rather spent the money <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you um but no, you a, tell him you can kill nine hours in manchester no i realized later on if i had paid 40 euros i could have got into the lounge and the lounge actually would have been like grand to spend nine, nine hours honest, in so you got once you get off the plane in Manchester, you probably just could have got a flight from Manchester to Dublin for 40 euros. And now, Martin, you know why at All In, I was passing out in the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> because of that. So I'm passing out on the tube, which was so much worse. Randomly yeah. passing out on the tube is not what you want to do. But also, because of that, you were home in your bed and asleep while I was trying to find a bloody airport outside of Luton <laughs> That's true. to spend four bloody days in. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. Oh, man. So, anyway. Back in, back in 2007. <laughs> yeah, never mind 2023. Never mind. 2007. 2007. I was, I was young. I had a full head of hair. I was fit. I was in university. God damn it, Dara. I was, I was borderline happy. I was not in university yet. I had just finished the leave insert. I had a six pack because I was training Taekwondo re- re- religiously. And uh, this was, I was discovered Impact a couple of years beforehand. And my luck just happened to be a family holiday after the leave insert where they were taping Impact Wrestling. God, I got this better in 2007. Man, the peak was amazing of humanity is that time period. So... And we got some of the best wrestling you can possibly imagine because it wasn't WWE. If you remember correctly, WWE at this time was absolutely horrendous. Just uh, it was so bad. I uh, like. I mean, we've talked about this at some point because, like, obviously we we talked about Cyber Sunday and all that kind of stuff, and we we got a nice vertical slice of how bad that show was around this time. Actually, it's funny. For last year, everybody, uh, thanks to Spotify Raps. Uh, we know that our most popular show last year was, for some reason, Cyber Sunday 2007. So thank you, folks. You're a weird audience, but we love you. Um, <laughs> you're not a bunch of you're not a bunch of masochists. You're not a bunch. Uh, I never would have thought that show was was the one that you all loved, but 
there you go. <laughs> to be fair, the 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 show as in Cyber Sunday was terrible. But the show, the wrestling rewind about Cyber Sunday, that was pretty funny. We had we had a good laugh about Ah, well that's fair. That's fair. I mean we always try. But uh yeah, so the, the product was, was really bad in WWE at this point. So like this was like peak TNA. TNA had like established itself and it had its best run in 2005. Like TNA's best run, honestly, is 2005 to 2007. And then around 2008, it starts kind of peter, petering off and declines significantly. So this is the last great TNA pay-per-view that like is, is pure TNA. It's before it's before Kurt Angle really um, kind of went weird. <laughs> you know, he was still having these phenomenal matches. It's, it's, this was one of his first feuds with Joe. Um, they were really burning, cooking all cylinders here. It was pure TNA, um, but it does kind of mark a very clear point in 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 the company's history. Is this is this TNA's X Seven? Kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, some people will say, "Look, Unbreak- we will talk about Unbreakable as well," because that's like the big the big one that everybody goes back to. But this is kind of like, yeah, it, it is like if I was to, to underscore a line, this would be it. This is like right. This is when we start seeing a marked decline in the product, but also a massive growth in it. So it's funny after this that they they get a lot bigger, but the quality dips significantly uh, from any different. Like another way you're saying, there's some stuff you like, and there's some stuff that's just kind of weird. The weird stuff takes over, and then the bad <laughs> stuff kind of really starts taking hold at this point. Like you know, you go from having Kurt Angle and Joe in the main event to like a drugged up Jeff Hardy. You know, oh, like, yeah. you know, and it, it, that's not even the worst thing that happens. Hulk Hogan's in the main event with, with Ric Flair. Like, you know what I mean? It, 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 it loses its identity. TNA at this point is at, is at its most pure core, which yeah. is, you know, in 2024 is what they're actually trying to get back to. And this is when they let it start letting it go. Oh, yeah. But right. But it's a great show. So, with that being said, we started off tonight. Uh, again, your commentary team is the phenomenal Mike Tenay and Don West. I, you know what? Even though I love Jr. and uh, the King, and Jr. and Paul Heyman would actually be my favorite commentary team. Mike Tenay and Don West are a very, 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 very close second. They're terrific. Um, yeah, they're just so good. Like, look, yeah, and look. people like. They talk about a wrestling show, they talk about wrestlers, talk about the matches, talk about the promos. I don't think people fully realize how much uh, commentary, like not even ads, like really is part of the show, like a fundamental part of the show. So yeah, like the commentary team, man, is just, it's phenomenal. You're, you're spot on. It does actually make the show. And the thing about it is it's like when people are talking about TNA, they're like, oh, the six-sided ring. And it's like, yeah, that was part of it. But when you're watching the show, like, and I'm not, you know, folks at home don't be cynical going yeah there's tna logos on the bar it's like, yeah, i get it it was broadcast in a weird time but the, the actual show itself the entrance ramps with the with the heel and face uh little tubes and just the way the show looks it's like yeah this is like this is its own thing and it, it's its own thing in very much the way aw is its own thing when you're watching aw you know you're watching aw and yeah. tna really I mean, had this down when, to the tea, like. when you have a juggernaut the size of WWE that um, had had a monopoly for so long and spent that monopoly literally changing the term from wrestling to WWE like they, they literally changed 
what people used to call wrestling to now people used to just say, oh, is it like WWE? Like, you can't fight that. The only way you can um, succeed when the market leader has that much of of a monopoly is to be different. And Mm. TNA was that. And even though, like, a lot of wrestlers didn't like the six-sided ring, I mean, you have to say that, like, the fact that so many people remember that as a defining sort of symbol of TNA shows that it had the desired effect and that it separated them. It did. And, like, it allowed them kind of be their own thing. Like, when you're watching the show, it, it doesn't look like a show from 2007. Or, I mean, it, or in another word, it does look like a show from 2007, but doesn't look like WWE. Because it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, it still has the smoke in the arena from the pyro. It's kind of like an almost a throwback to 1999 there, WWE. Yeah, in fact, there's a there's a kind of a lesson here for AEW in that um, I mean their attendance has been doing better of late. They're averaging around five thousand, um, but they're averaging around five thousand in kind of fifteen thousand seater arenas, mm. which is which is grand when you black out the you know the upper the upper decks and all that but um like imagine what those five thousand people would sound like in a five thousand seater arena but here's the thing if i was and i don't want to to labor this point too much because you are spot on if i was aw i would buy somewhere right make it the the dynamite den or the the rampage rampart yeah, something like that. You know, you, you, couldn't, know, you couldn't call it the Dynamite Den because Irish fans would just associate that forever with Zig and Zang and Dustin the Turkey. Well, look, I don't know, or or the the Collision Coliseum. There, you go, that's a good one. Uh you know, you, you and then just kind of have that filled with like the rabid fans, and it could be like a pilgrimage for people to go to. Because I mean, that's what the Impact Zone was. It was a pilgrimage for people to go to. Um, and it's kind of like what what NXT does as well in the Performance Center. That would make a lot more sense, and then they can kind of just focus on being their own thing. Um, I, I think, I think for AEW, I think they have to keep touring. Maybe uh, no, no, but, definitely, no, definitely uh, tour, no, definitely tour. But center yourself somewhere like that, and have these, and then kind of get used to working in the smaller arenas. Because the thing I, about I, it is, I, sorry. you know what, I definitely do. I Go definitely on. get an arena for Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Um. But I think I think uh, Dynamite and Collision need to keep turn. And like, look, wrestling is cyclical. The numbers mm, go is. up and down all the time. So, like, book those five thousand seat arenas. And look, maybe it's not possible. Maybe the the set is too big for an arena that size. I, I don't know. But book those five or eight thousand seat arenas. And then, if you're finding that the demand is too high, then move up to the. But sure, then again, look. I but you didn't. But here's the thing: a touring show. So I don't know. Maybe you have to book this stuff a year out in advance. But here's the thing: you didn't believe that there was only a thousand people in this arena. No, man. This this crowd is amazing. Here's what wrestling fans need to be like. Wrestling fans need to stop thinking that they're part of the business and start remembering that they're part of the show. Yeah. And, so, I, and, and and that's stop, actually a very good point, yeah. Yeah, stop tweeting about the goddamn numbers and the viewership and the quarterly returns and all that crap and start 
screaming your head off when you're in the show, when you're at the arena, scream for the guys you like, boo the guys you hate, clap for the brilliant moves. You know, like the re- like we were talking earlier about how the commentary is part of the show. The crowd is a part of the show, and this crowd is for nine hundred people phenomenal. It is, and it, it's one of the things that even when I was at TNA there this year, I lost my voice for like a week. <laughs> you know, like a full week because of how rabid the TNA crowd actually is. Because the thing of it is, like, they actually love the crowd. It's it's not like you know, a WDB thing where where it's it's a show about a show. The show really is the whole presentation. It's the TNA as an experience. And yeah. that's what you get here. And you really kind of capture it. And you get it in, in the, as I said, those lads that show up every, or showed up every week or every couple of days for the TNA tapings, they were there every day. They yeah. were there all the time. You know, yeah, you, you got the random people who are wearing the, the Universal Studios merch, but Whatever, you know, you can and, have both. You can and have I'll both. tell you what, in terms of getting an engaged audience and getting people to be loud, you could not ask for a better opener than an X Division multiple threat match. Triple threat tag oh, team. Oh, man. Match. Absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, this is like, I think I've said this before when we were talking about some AEW shows, opening up your show with the X division or a bunch of light heavyweights or a but bunch like of when we used to talk about the WCW shows. Exactly. Exactly. The same whole way show would be a snooze fest, but the opener was always amazing. It was absolute fire. And I mean, here's the thing when you have the, the guns, the motor seat machine guns, they're the greatest high team of all time. I'm sorry. There is no debate on this. Um, there just isn't. <laughs> they're the greatest high team of all time and still are. For the uh, preservation of our friendship, I won't object. That is fair, that you will not win. Uh, <laughs> you will genuinely will not win. Uh, and it's like, they just proved why. I mean, when I saw them this year, I was transported right back to the Impact Zone, watching these lads kill it. And we got to watch it again. And not only that, not only did you get the guns, you got Christopher Daniels and Senshi, also known as Loki, also known as No Job Key. Um, <laughs> you know, after his his WWE run, uh, and, and J- Jay Lethal only, Sunday Dud. Not only that, not Jay Lethal, Black Machismo. Yes, the best impression of how uh, has he not brought that out in in AEW yet? Well, I mean, it's because he did it for a long time. And he did, have you seen his Ric Flair impression? Oh my God, that's a ama- that so, promo where yeah. him. And- Ric Flair have a woo off is it's phenomenal. Incredible. That's my line. That's my line. Yeah. So I mean, but see, this is like just phenomenal, just phenomenal TNA um, range here that y- you get straight from the get go. It's a fast paced match. There's a lot going on. The six sided ring. It, it looks like it was hell to work in. It really does. But, it, you know, it adds that kind of totally different presentation. Because when you're watching, it, you're like, yeah, I'm not watching anything else we are watching a different fast-paced style of wrestling that people haven't seen genuinely at this point since WCW, even though Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor had kind of started two or three years beforehand, but it wasn't cooking yet. I mean, like, Punk was, was working there with Raven around this time, but it wasn't like the Ring of Honor that people knew just yet. Like, we'd be here 
all night if we went like move for move like with this match alone i don't even know how you could it's just hold after hold change flips (laughs) everything just unbelievable this is why i never made it as a as a wrestler because i i could go in i could do the moves and i could take the bumps and i could do the promos but see when it came to remembering in order what i was supposed to do as soon as the bell rang my mind went blank and that's when i was doing like really basic curtain openers Mm. or cutting jerk cutting jerking matches one on one like these guys the the finishing sequence of this match was insane but um to pick out one spot because i kind of want to ask you about it as the tna guy um there's a brilliant moment in it where uh can't remember the your man's name but he he hops up on the rope and he does like a kind of a run across the rope like jumps over the turnbuckle and catches the guy on the other side of the turnbuckle in a hurricane rana to the outside of the ring sensational spot but it reminded me of the to the really famous tna cage, oh, the cage. Spot. yeah yeah, Is, yeah was yeah. that the same guy no it wasn't um it wasn't so the they had guy. multiple people capable of this yeah i can't he's a very famous tna guy the name escapes me but it wasn't him. It was a different guy. Oh, no, right, right. this was just the X. Ex- well, this this was, was just the X division guys. This is right. what that division was made up of. And then a lot of the X division guys would also be in the tag team. So when you were watching any division in in TNA, you were getting top quality. And unfortunately, though, the main event it would suffer from WCW because guess what? TNA didn't learn from the lessons of WCW. <laughs> um, and yeah, it would kind of. It, it, these guys wouldn't be in a main event until many years later and now they are the main event like you're watching the ring here Chris Saban and Alex Shelley are your current TNA world and X division champions yeah the so. the other thing I, I loved about this match was it, it kind of had everything TNA so it had uh, terrific wrestlers doing just insane moves it had great in ring action but it also had TNA nonsense because <laughs> this was a tag team match and the winner of the tag team match got a shot at a singles title. Yeah. <laughs> but was... remember, the tag team belts were defended in a singles match. In a singles match. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're going to get, we're we're gonna get, get to, that. to that. We'll get to that. But the finishing sequence <laughs> but, uh, of this was, was class. I'll be honest with you, I forgot Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dudd were the winners here. They were definitely the... The, the underdogs in this, because, I mean, I, I thought everybody was expecting the guns to win, but uh, Lethal and, and Dud were actually a ph- phenomenally good tag team, to be fair, oh. but they definitely were the ones that nobody saw winning, but it was a, a very quick roll-up victory, so, I mean, that's why they, they kind of stalled it, so. Terrific. And Sanjay Dutt now is, like, just a kind of a heel manager in AEW, so... Um, and, Christopher and, Dan- and Christopher Daniels was banned from Collision by Punk. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the head of Tazolations <laughs> in AEW. But, <laughs> but Sanjay Dutt plays like a, a kind of a you know like sneaky cowardly heel manager. So I'd never really seen him in the ring. So really? going back watching these well, TNA okay. shows, he's actually a brilliant wrestler. He's brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that blows my mind, dude. Actually, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> as well. Um, so the next match was Raven and Kaz. Now Kaz is still wrestling in Impact. He's phenomenal. He pulled like triple duty in Glasgow and Raven's out here with his pair of floozies known as serotonin, <laughs> havoc and martyr. 
And uh, <laughs> believe so it or bad. not, you know who Havoc is? Who? Johnny Devine. No. He is, yeah. yeah. And then any word on who, who Martyr is? So Martyr is uh, Michael Shane. Later changed his name to Matty Benlet. So oh, he was tra- he was God, trained God. by his cousin Sean Michaels. What? Yeah, he's trained by Sean Michaels. But uh, obviously Johnny Devine would be a bit more famous in the end. But this was like this was a uh, a part. Of, so okay, Punk was in Raven's stable in TNA. Raven's yeah. flock, right? So Raven came over and still did his ECW thing for a while, right? And then Punk left. They broke up Raven's flock. Raven would kind of do it again as serotonin. And serotonin would be more like a clockwork orange house, uh, clockwork orange kind of thing. And he'd have a whole different set of floozies that would show up. Daphne would eventually be in it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this really, and Kaz was in say, it. This pay-per-view, as good as it was, did suffer, like this pay-per-view was never going to get full marks because it did suffer from not having double nipples pierced punk <laughs> on it. <laughs> I can't true. I can't watch TNA anymore without double nipples pierced punk. See punk was punk was only in TNA for like a, literally a wet day. Oh, uh, well, this is 2007. Like as we know punk started his career in ECW in 2006, 2006 according yeah, to the recently released WWE documentary. So the gimmick here was that Kaz was part of Raven's uh, part of Serotonin and he left. He was like NWO blooded out. And this is them trying to patch things up and start Frankie Kazarian or Kaz start his his rise to to the ascent of the upper tier of TNA. So this is just a singles match, not a hardcore match. Uh, So, you know, you would be led to believe that it was a hardcore match because there's Many uh, multi-man moves. It starts yeah. off kendo sticks, but when the bell rings, it's six minutes, and uh, it's just a singles match because with Kazarian winning. But unfortunately, as much as I like this, because I I love Raven, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, like always was, even as a kid, even when he was you know bringing shock shopping carts down to the ring in WWE, I I, I marked <laughs> first for it. Um, this was not like an important match. It was just furthering no. on the storyline. That uh, had started in in the the impact beforehand, which was a, a Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Which Kaz um, Kaz had some phenomenal moves in this match. He did a brilliant at the start uh, during the brawl part. An incredible double clothesline. Yes, uh, where he took himself and Raven and one of the the serotonin the ladies floozies <laughs> <laughs> over the over the top rope it was amazing and. Uh, did a, a rope hurricana combo that was also incredible. Um, did you notice that? Um, well, you probably didn't notice, but Martyr actually does a Shawn Michaels super kick. Oh, and now it makes a lot more sense because his cousin is literally Shawn Michaels or Michael Hiddenbottom. Uh, is he? Is he Michael? Michael, yeah, Michael Hiddenbottom. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to see you at the Alamo. Do you not remember that? Hickenbottom. Yeah, but he says <laughs> Hickenbottom. Is it Michael Hickenbottom? Michael Hickenbottom. Oh, does he? Paul oh. Levesque. Uh, well, we're going to talk with those lads in a in a couple. Oh, of we matches. will. We absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I love yeah. TNA. 
what the uh, best company what, in the world. <laughs> what got me with this was uh, the finish was weirdly terrible. It yeah, was kind of a yeah, it was a weird yeah. kick. And uh, the other thing that got me with this was ah man, it's do you know when you see a wrestler you love and they're obviously done? Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, I was watching this going ah man. Even in 2007, Raven was done. Like yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, done. like Raven's last great year was 2003 to 2005 when he had the world title. And yeah. what they were trying to do here, they were trying to pass the torch over to Serotonin. Yeah, and because, because he doesn't he doesn't even do a whole pile in this match. No, he can't. I mean, he's he's finished when he's in the ring. Like <sighs> he, when, when, when that bell rings, he's like, oh, thank Christ. You know, um, but... They were trying to, and like even in the Doomsday, they started not the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. That wasn't a Raven match. That was these were just crutches to get him to get people over, and he got Kaz over. I mean, Kaz would become one of the biggest stars in the company to this day, and it's because of this feud uh, and other feuds with uh, with guys. But Raven definitely was was very much done. But you know what? A counterpoint to this is the next match. Where we have <laughs> Rhino and James Storm. Rhino, Absolute. who I didn't know was a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, and uh, he he not only is, is he that a, is alcohol- that a TNA storyline or is that yeah, a real life? Well, it's that's probably a bit true to it, but definitely wasn't like at one point he he like takes a whole keg of beer and just swills it. So yeah, I, mean, I hope it's fake booze. If he's a, if it's a real life, if it's like a Scott Hall thing, I hope it's fake. I don't know. I, I yeah. look. It, it's or at least it's, at least like Carlsberg Zero or something. I don't know, but it was it was a weird spot. It was uh, this this would predate the the CM Punk Chris Jericho thing, but it, it definitely was like uh, it, trying to make it more personal. Rhino's uh, uh, tenure with TNA is still happening because uh, he's still wrestling for TNA, which is amazing. Yeah. I got to see him wrestle. I was so happy. I I I popped so so hard. For Rhino, people were like, "What is wrong with this guy?" I'm like, "Rhino is the best. How dare you?" Um, well, <laughs> I'll say this: best spear in the business. Uh, uh it's not called a spear. It's well, gore, 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 gore. Best tackle takedown in the business. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely is. The gore is just phenomenal. Uh, but it's this match brilliant. itself, like, it's a barroom brawl, right? And not like a WWE one where it would be in a actual bar room which you know i mean that that has its place they just fill it with like junk and have like a random doll pretending to be they have, at the bar they have, they have so it's a bar room brawl but it's just the tna ring but outside the tna ring like at the end of the ramp they've set yes. up a bar and i know our listeners can't see what i'm doing right now but i'm making inverted commas with my fingers because it's a it's a table yes with a a mannequin. Bla- uh, yeah, with a black uh, uh, apron over it. Yes. And a, a, a mannequin, weirdly. Yeah, I thought and it was a person, but no, it's just a really weird mannequin. Hannah came in. So my uh, girlfriend Hannah came in while I was watching this, and she said, why is there a corpse at the bar? <laughs> the, mannequin, <laughs> the mannequin is so weirdly colored. It's not colored like a mannequin. It no, looks, it looks like, like a like rotting corpse. corpse. It does, it's, yeah. I was like, well, maybe because it's, and then I was thinking, maybe because it's so close to Halloween. I'm like, wait, no, this is August. 
<laughs> so they <laughs> so they have this uh, table set up as as the bar, right? And, and do you know what? It's actually it's it's not terrible because they smash up the table and they have a they have a spot where they break through a bit of a wall and like the whole thing does have a really cool kind of a vibe of like anarchy to it. You know, there's there's and I think and I think the camera work as well kind of pays into it because it's not like. And they've kind of gone back to this with with current with current TNA. It's 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 not like the big TV camera. Like they use the TV camera as well, but they're really good at like using kind of like the gorilla cam, where it's like you know, yes. where the journalism, where it's like it's a free. Like they have the the obviously hard camera, and you have like the other big camera, but they have this other like weirdly this, mini cam where yeah. they can follow the action, and it actually it's really really cool. Like this match really benefits from that because it it adds the kind of wild unhinged chaotic nature of it but it's it's a great it's a great hardcore match and rhino's always been really good like one of the best hardcore matches you can watch is from 2001 backlash with rhino and raven but rhino's been gifted with these matches where he can just do this like these enjoyable garbage matches that are just so fun also jacqueline is randomly in this and she's known as jackie moore but it's jacqueline from wwe so in her uh what is it southern states rebel hat yeah she's she's wearing the the gat not the gat the um, what's it the confederate flag hat, the confederate which is, which is like okay <laughs> fair right, enough fair i mean enough. she i think she is from texas oh well there you go she is from, she is from texas <laughs> what what uh what caught me with this was those so who've got the bar they smash everton up there's kegs of beer th- being thrown around and smashed. And he, 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 he takes a big swill out of one. It's like, oh my God, Rhino. Dude, oh, no. not even that. At, at <laughs> one stage, Rhino, who in storyline is a recovering alcoholic, yes. whips open a bottle of vodka and downs it. Oh, that's, like, yeah, he does, yeah. I, I don't the, think that was real, though. <laughs> You'd hope not. And the crowd pops like mad. Yay! Relapse! <laughs> crowd goes mad. But what really? That should be a shirt. What really got me was uh, they smashed the bar and they smashed the mannequin and they smashed the the wall and then they they wrestle around for a bit and then they get back round to the front and for some reason there's a toilet. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. That is, that is the mo- that for me. That's the weirdest part of the match. And, and she's the, sitting there. It's not connected. Uh, although it's and, really funny because at one point, like he buries, like Rhino buries, uh, Cowboy James Thorne's head into it, yeah, and then he just sits on it. But it's not connected to any plumbing. There's no, no water in it. Why are you why are you burying his head? In it? And and the the commentary, as great as they are, keep going. He's giving him a swirly, and I'm like, the name swirly comes from the swirling of the water. And this is a is a toilet. Just say, it's not connected to any plumbing. There's no swirling. This is just getting his head pushed up against some ceramic. You know the sad part about this though, and it's it's a sad part about Rhino's tenure in, in TNA. Rhino loses a lot in TNA. He's the ultimate bookily. Yeah, he really is. And I mean, it's it, it's awful because he loses all the time, and he loses in this match, and it's devastating. And he's battering him from pillar to post. Yeah, but then randomly a beer bottle does it, like puts him away. And you're watching at the end of this match and the ring is destroyed. And you're like, how did a beer bottle 
do this when you've basically battered them around the place with every single thing you could possibly think of, including an unhooked up toilet. There is one just to prove that Reino does the best spear slash gore in the business. He um, sets a table up against the turnbuckle. Yes. And throws, um, well, well, not throws, but puts Storm up against it and then charges with the gore. And when Storm moves, I mean, that table is obliterated. Like, oh, it, yeah. it, it explodes it, into it, matchwood. Well, here's the thing. Rhino literally destroyed a SmackDown set with the gore. No one's ever done that. So, nice. I mean, like, it, it's just, you know, there are a few things in wrestling that you can set your watch by, and Rhino's gore is one of them. It, oh, he also takes a really nasty... So they set up a, a ladder outside the ring where the ladder is uh, uh, set up against the... The railing, and then I really, I really, the, I really enjoyed your woman's overreaction to the fact that there was a ladder coming there, and she's like, "Oh my god, I need to move!" <laughs> <laughs> she was freaking out, shouting at them. I thought that was very entertaining. Yeah, imagine she saw the toilet. Um, well, no, she, 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 she was probably in the park, and she goes, "Oh, get, you know, get out of, get out of heat." And she goes, "What? There's a ladder coming near me. Two sweaty lads." Um, so they set up a ladder, uh, one end of it against the railing, and one end of it propped up on the ring, and Rhino. Uh, he doesn't even get thrown like he's running at um, Storm and Storm moves and he does like a massive bump over the top. But the bloody ladder slips. So rather than the ladder breaking his fall, the ladder slips off the ring and he just falls the whole way down and then lands on it. Oh, it looks like the sickest bump. Oh. But overall, like in terms of uh, like just like carnage brawl properly enjoyed this it's very good so the next uh, so obviously so far uh, we have kind of a, a mixed a mixed bag Kaz yeah. beat Raven James Storm beat Rhino so you know it's not too heel heavy it's not too face heavy it's kind of balanced the next match is a tag team match with LAX the Latin American exchange Homicide and Hernandez defeated the Voodoo Mafia now look I don't know if you know LAX, but LAX are... I do. LAX. They're proud and powerful, aren't they? Yeah, but, like, I don't know if... You... Like, they are, like, a TNA main... Oh, team. yeah, they're... They're super over, crazy good tag team. Some of the best moments of TNA I've done by LAX. Huge fan, just class, right? Uh, Hernandez, not so much. <laughs> he uh, tried to make him a single <laughs> star, and it didn't work out that well. But... Voodoo Mafia might look familiar to long-term listeners because it is none other than former num- number one contender who went one-on-one with the great one at the peak of the attitude era. It was three, yep. seconds, away. It was three seconds away. Three seconds, Three now. seconds, that's one, all. two, three. That's, that's it. it. That's Put it. Put in the world champion. And not only was it on Raw, but it was against The Rock, one-on-one with the great one. At the, at the peak of his powers. It was the Road Dog himself, the roadie, singer of with my baby tonight. <laughs> what was and, it? Uh, uh, gold, gold record winning. It, absolutely, absolutely, and not only what well, he wasn't the only number one contender, because we also had Mister Ass himself. He's an ass man. He is. He likes to watch them, and he's going <laughs> to kick them. 
Loves to suck them. Loves to lick them. So, yeah, and there, there are, of course, VKM, Voodoo Mafia. And did you notice that those three letters make up what? Vincent Kennedy the McMahon? Of, the initials of who? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. No. Yeah. Telling you. Do you know what? I... I I did know that because it's hilariously stupid. What I don't understand <laughs> is uh, is Road Dog and Billy Gunn's names. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. We are going to take a break for our listeners here on Phoenix ninety two point five FM, and we're going to come back in overtime because <gasps> we yeah you're going to be able to 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 give your unfiltered feelings towards Miss Brooke. So don't worry. You're going to hear some salacious language, folks. So, folks, if you want the full podcast, and look, we appreciate you listening to us on Phoenix FM, we really do. But, you know, sometimes we we, we, we say things that we can't say on the radio uh, for many reasons. (laughs) And I will have to cut them out or censor them. That's not the case on the podcast. Uh, And it makes James very uncomfortable, which is very funny for us. Uh, (laughs) So, But he's too nice to say it. He's too nice to say it, but God bless him. So if you want the full Uncut podcast, you can either go to NerdToKnowMedia, TheWrestlingRewind.com, or of course, over to the True Penny channel on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and you will be able to get all the shows there. I think I think True Penny channel is just SoundCloud, but you can get us on Spotify. Uh, the Wrestling Rewind, you can take us there, and it's uh, NerdToKnowMedia as well. We will be back next week. We don't know what we're talking about, probably in your house again. But we're going to continue. Don't say it with such sorrow. It's going to get good soon, Dar. I promise. I I love that optimism. I really do. (laughs) Um, But we're going to continue this discussion on the podcast. So if you if you this is your first time checking us out, thank you so much. But go over to Nerdtonal Media. Go over to TheWrestlingRewind.com and start listening because we're going to do more of this. Uh, We're only getting started here on uh, Hardcore Justice or Hard Justice. Sorry, two thousand and seven. From the Impact Zone, we'll talk to you after this short break or next week on Phoenix 92.5 FM. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. And we're back here on the Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl O'Connor. We are halfway through Hard Justice 2007. Martin, VKM. Continue. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. A, 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 a subtle dig. Uh, only the most uh, Sherlockian amongst us would have would have worked that one out. Um, a but, Machiavellian scheme oh, of intrigue. Absolutely. Just what I love about it is 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 the nuance and the subtlety. Subtly, uh, about as subtle as a hammer to the face. <laughs> subtle as a suicide bomber. <laughs> but here's here's what I don't get. Perhaps you, as the resident um, TNA expert, can explain this to me. So well, Billy Gunn and Road Dog are now called BG James, as in Billy Gunn James, yes. and Kip James. Yes. Are they brothers? Are they? What's, so, what, are they are they married? I know Billy Gunn had that thing where he 
got involved in a in a gay marriage in WWE so, has has so, Road Dog <laughs> taken on his surname. So okay, so B G James Brian Gerard James is the Road Dog's actual name. Oh, B G is his actual name. Road Dog. Yeah, not Road Billy Gunn. No, no. Kip so, James, right? So, so Road Dog's initials are B G, and yeah. Billy Gunn's initials are Kip. Yeah, so Monty Kip Scop, right, is actually <laughs> Billy real Gunn's name. real. No, that's his real name. <laughs> so, so that's Kip. what you say when you're <laughs> skipping on the squares that children draw on the ground with chalk. So Monty Mon- Skip Hop. Mon- <laughs> so Monty Monty Kip Sop, right, is his name. So it seems like BG James. They're just like, okay, we're just going to do that, right? And it kind of works. And Kip was like, okay, I guess I'll take your name. Okay. So are they... I still don't have an answer. I don't know. Is it... Are they... say, Let's say they're not married. They're no. not uh, brothers. No. Are they maybe cousins? Or well, just okay. two people okay. who just so, happen to have okay. a, so the hold same on a second. surname? Hold on a second. So I'm going to read you a list of his ring names. Okay. But who's? Uh, Billy Gunn. Right? Billy Gunn's all right. This Badass one. Billy Gunn. Billy, yeah. Billy G, Billy yeah. Gunn, Q-Kip, Daddy Ass, Kip, Kip Gunn, Kip James, Kip Montana, Kip Scop, Kip Winchester, Mr. Ass, The G-Man, The New Age Outlaw, The One Billy Gunn, The Outlaw, Rockabilly. Listen, this man just has the weirdest collection of ring names. And did I don't... You, under, did you I get Daddy Ass on that? Yeah, Daddy oh. Ass is there. Well then, Dara, as the resident TNA expert, if you have no answer, then I don't. I I, I really don't. <laughs> I really what don't what what I will say that. about this match is that um, <coughs> firstly, Kip's gear just actually hold on. You know, I think hilarious. it is. I think it's because they refer to themselves as they used to refer to themselves as the Kip as the James Gang. Oh okay. Maybe that's what it is, but they never really gave a definitive a definitive answer. But yeah, uh, Kip's gear is it's uh, something do you know what it's something we can't we can't adequately do it on a on a podcast folks you just you just got it just somewhere between like a cowboy's assless chaps and a woman's <laughs> whale tail thong if you could put those two things together and then put them on a six foot ten man that that's what you got but he has a little smiley face on on, on, on the crotch and, and he's, yeah and he's wearing a little headband yeah, obviously you got a smiley face on the crotch. Is is it some, like? I don't know. I mean, the actual man who portrays these that that, that list of characters is 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 married to a woman with with kids. One of those kids, those kids are in AEW. Two of them. Oh no. Oh, is, is it not? Is it not? Is it not the most surprising thing in the world? That. Yeah. He was. In a monogamous relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, even, um, uh, I mean, in terms of monogamy, even, oh, God, Val Venus had a monogamous relationship with Ken Shamrock's sister slash wife. No, like. <laughs> no, Ken Shamrock he, had, had a monogamous relationship <laughs> with his sister slash wife. No, but Val Venus went out with her for a while. He in storyline. Yeah, you know, I'm talking so... about reality. 
Well, I don't know. This is TNA. You know, what's real? What's that's, that's fake? Fair. Who that's knows? Fair. That's fair. Well, here, so this is your first time watching uh, TNA's version of the New Age Outlaws. Yes. What did you think of it? Because, I mean, it's a very different, obviously a different presentation because they're not coming out and they're not really over, but they kind of are. Well. So what, what did you think? Because, I mean, this is a complete culture clash for you. What I thought of it was... Um, I didn't really have time to form my own view of it because the crowd pipes in pretty quickly with their own view of it. So whenever... <laughs> their own view of it. Yeah, because whenever, like, uh, BG and Kip are doing, like, the suck it, um, you know, or any of their old, basically, New Age Outlaws slogans or moves or anything, the crowd is roaring, same old shit, and DX rejects oh. over and over again. <laughs> like, so this happens yeah. a couple of times during it the does. night. Like, yeah. this crowd is rabidly anti WWE. Like, yes. they do not want. Like, they're more than happy for wrestlers to come in, but they do not want them coming in doing their WWE shtick. Like, they are fully opposed to this. Um. I mean, if you're going to look at it as a match itself, it's fine. Uh, LAX are obviously excellent. Road Dog is obviously terrible. Billy Gunn is somewhere in between. It all comes together for <laughs> an okay match. But it uh, it ends when... A uh, screwy finish. Well, yeah, but it's, it's such a weird screwy finish. So... Roxy Laveau, is it? Is that how it's pronounced? Laveau, yeah. Yeah, Roxy Laveau pops Levescu. in. Levescu. <laughs> and fires uh, powder in the eyes of... Um, Coke of, of the cane. Of Coke of the cane. <laughs> <laughs> into, into the eyes of... Well, yeah, which you'd think. like and, some, and, you, and you know who comes out? Hector Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, but you think of someone threw cocaine in your eyes during the match that that would only spark you up. You wouldn't lay you wouldn't lay down for a three crown. You'd, you'd crawl out of your own skin and beat them to death with your own skeleton. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so there's a screwy finish. They throw powder in his eyes, but then yeah, Hector comes out and he gets the referee and he runs over and he points at the powder. He says, "Look, there's powder on the ground. There's coke of the cane. And there's coke of the cane." And the referee goes, "Oh my god! Well, well, we better restart this match." So TNA has called into question every uh, missed finish. You know, and like the referee <laughs> didn't see a spitting mist in their face, but the referee turned around for a second and turned back, and now their face is blue, and he just like counts it as if that's fine. Or every time Jeff Jarrett, like the referee turned around, and he didn't see Jeff Jarrett hit them with a guitar, but then he turns back a second later, and the ring is littered with bits of guitar. Like, like, <laughs> my hand hurts. Why? Oh, there's a bit of guitar there. This calls into question every screw. You like, if you can run into the ring and point at debris like, see, and, and get the match restarted. See, but, but see, the thing about it is Hector Guerrero was an authority figure at this point. Ah, and then he'd become a commentator. So he wasn't just like some rando. Well, then we need to we need to get Hector into <laughs> into modern day organizations to absolutely to, to, to call out the nonsense. Speaking of nonsense, we have we have 
Wait, sorry, the nonsense. Yeah, okay, there's kind of nonsense. The next two matches are kind of nonsense. Oh, but uh, so after the match is restarted, by the way, <clears throat> LAX win with a quick roll-up. Yes. So the next two matches were kind of like proper prime TNA nonsense. One is Bobby Roode with Miss Brooks defeating Eric Young <laughs> in a humiliation match. Now, they're not very clear on what a humiliation match is, but uh, it, it's very similar to the the idea of you know the what was it the the crybaby match no dara i literally have that Stop. in my notes Dear. i literally yeah. although because i get like dropped on my head all the time i couldn't think of the crybaby match and i literally have down here the baby nappy match <laughs> So that's my brain slowly deteriorating. <laughs> so it's very much the same kind of idea. Um, but it, it, Gail Kim is heavily involved in this as well. because she, She's obviously been like, and still is, a massive TNA figure in, in you know, in, not only the women's division, but then would, you know, just in TNA in general, she would be like one of the heart and souls of, of TNA. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she's kind of involved in this as well with, with, um, it's weird. Here's a third, right? So, I remember Eric Young like this. So, seeing serious Eric Young in WWE was bizarre. Seeing serious Eric Young now was bizarre because I'm like, I still remember Eric Young like this. So it's it, it's a bit kind of bizarre. But the end of this match kind of comes the humiliation. Is, is, it, does... is Eric Young now the? Is he the guy who wears the the amateur wrestling headgear? Yeah. Yeah, him and, him and Josh Alexander, yeah. Oh, I wish I'd made that connection when I was watching this because when he came out, he kind of looks like just kind of like a nothing, a nothing mid-card baby face, boring mid-card baby face. But when I watched the match, he's actually brilliant in this match. He's phenomenal, yeah. And I wish I'd made the connection because even though I don't watch a lot of TNA now, when I do, I always look forward to his matches. And the thing about Eric Young is as well, he's like now the heart and soul, like firmly. He's like the locker. He's the one who gave the speech at the end of the tapings of Glasgow. He's yeah. the locker room leader for for reasons like he's been there for years. You know, he has always been great. With, but it's weird because you're like you're watching him and you're like, oh, Eric Young, you're, you're not serious, you know, but he's always been great. So he's kind of found his found his way now. But what was weird about this match was even though Bobby Roode defeated Eric Young, <laughs> the, the humiliation happened to Miss Brooks, which is the most TNA thing in the world. So what did you? So you have a lot to say about Miss Brooks. So I'm going to give you the yes, first. yeah. No, like like I don't want to. I don't want to labor on the point. But uh, Miss Brooks comes out and she obviously knows her gimmick, and her gimmick is that she has massive tits. <laughs> uh, just so huge. true. Yeah, just true. like not even like like. Like a lecherous fourteen-year-old going, oh, big boobs. Not, like, not a, not a Mark Madden. Not about like comic character, he, Mark Madden. No, not, yeah. the, not the real man. The, the character Alleg- from the allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he played that too convincingly. <laughs> um, like comically huge, and then she wears this these clothes that like push them up to her chin. Like yeah. it looks like she has an arse nailed to her chest. It's, it's mesmerizing but not in a like a sexy or a pervy way it's mesmerizing in like a you know when people used to go to the circus and stare at the freak 
It's, stare at the freak. That is where he's like, that's like, a human body's not supposed to look like that. That's ridiculous. Uh, I think at one stage, it's, it's Tanae calls her the flotation floozy. <laughs> See, floozy is a phenomenal word. It, I, 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 know, I know James gets upset by it, but we're not using it to refer to women. I, no. I, I like to refer, I like to use it to refer to people that like, you know, like the lads in display uh, the characteristics of a floozy. Yeah, like the lads in serotonin, they're ge- genuinely floozies. Well, look, if if uh, Bender and Futurama can get away with having floozies, surely hey. me and you can get away with <laughs> floozies. Um, yeah, I mean, and don't like, forget the most famous floozy was the floozy in the jacuzzi in Dublin for many years. Dublin. Yeah, aren't we incredibly proud of her? Absolutely. Now she she has her own little place up near Houston Station, and it's great to see her. The floozy in the jacuzzi was her yeah. WWE name. When she went to AEW, she became the whore in the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Any, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, like, Miss Brooks, if you want, like, a uh, sort of frame of reference, think Major Guns from WCW. Yes. But, but, but bigger. But bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Just comically. Anyway, so that's enough, like, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we can't let this pass. Mark Madden, have you got something? To, sorry, WCW character Mark Madden, have you got something to add to this? <sighs> Thank you, uh, character WCW Mark Madden. <laughs> <laughs> now back to you in the studio. Now back to you in the studio. <laughs> yeah, so the other, the other thing that I wanted to say about this match and I completely agree with you so um, Robert Roode and Miss Brooks win this match yes but uh, then like you say is it Gail Kim comes running in Gail Kim yes and they beat up Robert Roode they throw him out of the ring and they do the humiliation which is a Canadian tarring and feathering which is instead of tarring somebody you throw maple syrup all over them and then mm. you feather them. Yeah. So it's like the crybaby match in that there's nothing from the company compelling you to submit to the the consequences of losing the match. You know, there's nothing yeah, yeah. there's nothing that says you have to you've lost the match, one, two, three kid. Now you have to lay down while uh Razor Ramon puts a nappy on you. In this, there was nothing that says you have lost the match, um, uh, Eric Young. So now you have to be tarred and feathered. They just throw him out of the ring and they just tar and feather his misses, and that's that. <laughs> it's it's not so much a stipulation; it's a uh, whoever's fit to do it to the other person at the end. So we move on from that to what is absolutely the low point of the show. For many uh, reasons. Yeah. So we have future WWE Hall of Famer, three disc boxer, Braden Walker. Boxer. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known by his, his TNA name, uh, Chris Harris. Now remember, Chris Harris was part of America's Most Wanted with um, the Cowboy James Storm, which is one of the biggest, biggest teams in TNA history. And obviously is, the cowboy is that before and after this? This is well before this. 
it's a long time before this. Um, and then obviously Chris Harris would go off and become the, the Hall of Famer, uh, three disc deluxe boxer, Braden Walker. <laughs> uh, and you know, obviously James Storm would be become James Storm with beer money and and not sorry, not with beer money with uh, you know, his, his runs. Oh, no, it would be beer money. with beer money and then his, his run in WWE and NXT and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and you know. Chris Harris would be Brayden Walker. Uh, so this was his return to TNA after after kind of being away for a while. And he paired him up with somebody else who returned to TNA who's been away for a while under a new gimmick. Black Rain, who formerly Goldust, formerly Dustin Reynolds, formerly the art, artist known as Goldust, currently known formerly as Dustin seven. Reynolds, formerly seven. And for the sad part... 15 minutes. But the sad part about this is... This literally is like the return to seven WCW. This is when Dustin Rhodes was at his lowest. And it is quite sad. He's, he's very heavily overweight. He's not healthy. He's, he's been in a pretty bad point at this point. And the gimmick is, it's terrible. It's, it's all terrible. Terrible. It's so bad. Uh, and it, look, it was bad then. It's, sad now but I mean at least when you're watching now you're not like he had a career resurgence and he's great now and he's had some of the best matches of his whole career yeah. but what's weird about this is like both of these guys this is like the downward spiral for both of these guys yeah so uh and it's not a match it's four minutes of him beating beating him with a stick yeah the match is like I mean if you take everything outside of it the match is like a pretty convincing beatdown for this character, it's stupid that he loses, even if it's by. <laughs> so this is Black Rain's debut, and he loses, even if it's by DQ. That's stupid. But uh, well, no, the, I mean it makes sense. Like he he beats the ref, bloodies him up with the cane, and just batters him around the yeah, place. Yeah, but he, he could have beat your man, and then pinned him, and then done the beat down. But, yeah, but then, but then, how else would then he get a spooky cane with his knife cane in? Well, that's that's true. Although he does. Uh, present his spooky can with the spike in it, and then he proceeds to hit him with the blunt end that doesn't I, I, have. I, spike. I, I prefer the term knife cane. Knife cane. <laughs> <laughs> well, he proceeds to hit him with the handle cane end rather than the knife cane end. Yeah, because that's called murder. But what I will say is that the beatdown itself, pretty convincing, like pretty vicious, and the image at the end of um, Chris Harris handcuffed to the ring ropes, absolutely pissing blood, is pretty cool. Um, everything else about this is dreadful. It's the, really uh, it's The really promos... Bad. So, even the stuff that's not terrible is terrible. So, like, the, the promos that they show of uh, Dustin Rhodes kind of becoming Black Rain. You know, the interview he does where he's all, I have this personality inside my head and I need to let it out. Like they're kind I of... I hear voices in my head. They yeah. call to me. They, uh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. kind of they're kind of crappy, but they're wrestling crappy. So you could live with that. You'd be fine with that. But it's so animated and so loud and so wrestling that then Chris Harris is interviewed and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to wrestle gonna wrestle this match and uh gosh darn it i'm i'm gonna try and win this wrestling match and i'll be the best 
wrestler in this uh, particular wrestling match. Oh my god, Chris, shut the fuck up. But th- you see, this is why Chris Harris uh, didn't do any talking and James Storm did. <laughs> he's so boring. Because he's so boring. And, so boring. Uh, which is even more incredible when you think about that three disc boxer. Really <laughs> yeah. just, just has all the highlights. And are two of those discs like. Uh, blank so you can record whatever you want or absolutely you know and you can, <laughs> and you can fill in the blanks yourself you know from his tna career and do you know what it actually almost starts out good because chris harris comes out and then the actual black rain entrance is really cool it 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 kind of starts with chris harris's music because his music ends but it it becomes distorted, which is yeah. actually a really cool gimmick that your music wouldn't start separately. Your music would start as a distortion of the other guy's music. That's a class gimmick. Uh, Everton goes black. It's really cool. Um, the entrance music is deadly. And then you just see this figure uh, in the dark, just uh, walking down the ramp. And it's like, wow, maybe this black rain thing isn't as bad as I've been led to believe. You know, wrestling fans are awful and they make things out to be a lot worse <laughs> than awful. they are. They are. We're terrible people. <laughs> they make things out to be a lot worse than they are. You're looking at this going, God, maybe this is one of those things because this looks pretty cool. And then the lights come up and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Again, more lessons that weren't learned from WCW. <laughs> when, 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 when Dustin Reynolds shows up, around this time and it's not in WWE be like listen man you need to you need to not do this but you know like, saw like it with you said, seven. yeah this is during the absolute not even the lowest point of his career like the lowest point of his life yeah he's severely overweight and yeah. I say that as a heavy man um, he's severely overweight he's carrying a rat in- <laughs> Uh, a cage that looks like it was bought out of the spirit store at Halloween. <laughs> he's carrying the rat. He's the he's, rat's uh, the best part, though. He's wearing—I don't know if it's maybe it's like an homage to the the Irish origins of Halloween. I but doubt when, it. When we were children, like uh, you know, because Ireland in the eighties and nineties, we didn't have any money. So as a child at Halloween, what your parents would do would be paint your face and then pull a bin bag over you. That's true. And that's what he looks like he's wearing. I don't think it was a match. I think it's like, <laughs> I have to find something fast and I have no money. Give me that bin yes. back. Yes, it <laughs> And I say this as someone who, one of my favourite t-shirts is my Dustin Rhodes Keep Stepping t-shirt because his, whenever he went through uh, recovery, um, he would uh, ring his father, Dusty Rhodes, whenever he was like, feeling like he's about to fall off the wagon and his dad, Dusty Rhodes, would tell him just keep stepping, just keep stepping and that's his, to this day that's his motto and I always think of Dustin Rhodes as a hugely, even if he's not like one of my favourite wrestlers I always think of him as a hugely inspirational figure and obviously to be inspirational you have to have that low point that you crawled out of but man, it's it's sad to see that point. I have to say though, the knife cane. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, Man, it's, take the heroin, take the stuff. 
<laughs> it's Kane. It's a little, it's a little cane, and it has a little hand on it. Oh no! And he hits him with the blunt. He hits him with the blunt. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> I, I just love the knife cane. It's like he sat around and thought that was a good idea. <laughs> I know what it's funny because all <laughs> all the lads run out, right? <laughs> like, no, Dustin, don't. And they're all having a little chat, and it just does a close up on the knife cane. Yeah, <laughs> Kaz is like, no, don't. And then Dustin, despite being armed, it's <laughs> leaves, backs off. <laughs> like, not only is he armed, but he has an extra hand. Yeah, and, and Hold, a rat. And a rat. Oh my god, it's it's so funny. I mean, no, it's not. It's really upsetting. But you know, now that we all know he's okay, yeah, and really he's better funny. than ever now. And he's, he's better now. His turnaround is incredible. Like it he really is, is having better matches at fifty than he's having at thirty. Like that's oh yeah, tremendous. Uh, so speak. Oh, here's the thing, though. Right, we are in for a treat, my friend, because up next we have the MVP. Of WCW. Steiner Brothers. Scott Steiner. Back with his brother. In a dream match. In a dream match with Team, with, sorry, with team 3D. Otherwise known as the Dudleys. Now, Whose thing, dream was this? What? <laughs> Whose dream was this? <laughs> so look. Russo's. <laughs> yeah well he was the one writing this at the time. So the thing about Scott Steiner is right. So he came back, um, and it, I think he gets a bad rep because we, we went back and had a look at late WCW, and he was there yeah. every every pay per view, every night, absolutely killing it. Yeah. And bringing uh, Rick Steiner back as well was pretty cool. I remember people being very excited about this team. Team 3D. I'll be honest with you, I never really liked them in in TNA. I thought it was lame as all hell because it really is. Um, but they got over. I mean, Bully Ray, or uh, what's it? What did he call him here? Brother Ray. Brother became Ray. Bully Ray, and you know, became a main event again. I never saw him as a main event, or I really didn't. Uh, Team, and I say this as a massive TNA fan. I never bought Team 3D. Period. Yeah, I think once they lost the Dudley name, it did so much damage to them that they never actually really recovered from it. Is that controversial, or did you get? No, because this not. you see the way they see you see the way they're presenting themselves here. This is how they were, and it never had any impact beyond. But you're the Dudleys, but you're not the Dudleys. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Go on. No, no, like it's uh, that's completely fair assessment. I mean, for me, the liability here was like you said. Everyone talks about how terrible Scott Steiner was. But when we went back and watched those, we did that WCW arc. My God, we 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 earned it. <laughs> we, we made our way through that. Um, the last couple of pay-per-views were, were actually decent. And Scott Steiner was really putting in the work. Like, he's, depending on the type of match he's in, he's, he's okay to good. But his... Um, what really sets him apart is his character and his mic work, his promos and that. They're just in the most deranged way possible. They're sensational. So mm. for me, the real worry here was Rick Steiner, who 
when whenever we went back and watched WCW, it was dreadful. Like I can't remember a single Rick Steiner match we watched where I think because I loved them when there were the Steiner brothers in WWF. Yeah. Um I really had a soft spot for Rick. Uh, and I yeah, it took me a couple of matches to accept that he he's actually kind of terrible. So he was who I thought would be the, the liability in this match. Um, the match itself, though, and I, I don't know, maybe I'd, I'm looking forward to hearing your views on this. Surprisingly decent. Well, the match was good. I mean, the Dudleys were the Dudleys up until they couldn't be anymore. You know? Yeah. Uh, Scott Steiner had one of the best career runs ever in TNA. It's overshadowed by the fact his promos are completely unhinged. <laughs> Just, and, I, and you haven't even seen the worst of it. Like, he's completely unhinged. And, and I mean, it overshadows a lot of the work he did, but the work that he did was very, very good. I mean, TNA could and did do a lot of nonsense, but the actual ring, in ring stuff, particularly from the guys just on the tail end of their, you know, the, the, this would be the couple of years removed from WCW, ECW. So they still had a fair bit left in the tank. Yeah. And this is kind of like the tail end of what was they're, left in the tank. I, I, I have written here, they're not quite over the hill. But they are approaching the very top of it. They are. They're like they're 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 at the point where they're just about to start going down the hill. Yeah, and and you that know? applies to all four of them. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like Scott Steiner is still like Scott Steiner from WCW at this point. The Dudleys are very much the Dudleys, but they haven't grown at all. They're still just the Dudleys. And, and it's, Rick- it's funny you say that because this is yet another example of. They did the WhatsApp. They yeah. went to do the the diving headbutt thing, and the crowd is chanting same old shit, same Cause, old shit. Yeah, because the crowd didn't like it. I mean, the crowd <laughs> this, did, the did crowd not doesn't want, want it. any WWE bullshit. No, and it's funny because like why people liked TNA was for what we've already talked about the main of the the lads putting on phenomenal matches. Yeah, the, you know, even Raven and Rhino, who were ECW, WCW guys, what the crowd liked was the fact that they were their guys. You know, yeah. the Dudleys, the the New Age Outlaws, they were all like, yeah, we're, we're trading on a name. And they never really kind of got beyond that, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. You know, even when Br- Bully Ray was there, they did the whole Aces and Eights thing. That was, oh, that's the worst thing ever. I took my licks. Yeah, it was not good. But, uh, you know, it was what it was. Uh, the Dudleys were still very much the heels here, even though the Steiners were the heels too. So it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird angle overall. This whole match is very weird. But look, I, I think the biggest, uh, the most egregious thing about this for me, and I'll let you finish on, on this, is um, Scott Steiner's tattoo. <laughs> like I know it's the Sacred Heart, and, and you know I, there is a lot of respect for that as well. But don't know what it is. It's like Cody Rose tattoo. It's like CM Punk's chest tattoo. Uh, what do you call him? Lance Archer's tramp stamp before, oh, he, got man, a, before just, he got it tattooed over. It's yeah, you know, it's just like when you're like, okay, don't know why you you it was a choice was made. The I wrong told one. You that was. <laughs> yeah, it was a choice. I tell you what though. In terms of Scott, like, like we already talked about how towards the end of his WCW run, he was actually leading the company and doing really well. Mm. We've already talked about his great pay-per-views. 
we've uh, no, about his great uh, interviews and promos. And crazy, the fact very that, weird word to use, but okay. It's what? It's a weird word to use, but okay. I would say unique. Yeah, well, his yeah, his memorable. Okay, is, is meme wordy. It's meme wordy promos and interviews, and we've already talked about the fact that he is actually pretty, you know, with the right opponent, pretty decent in the ring. Yes, absolutely. But I didn't know. So during my research, I didn't know that this match was actually supposed to happen much earlier in the year. Yes. Either at the previous pay-per-view or the one before it. Yes. He was doing a match for an indie promotion when he got kicked so hard in the throat that his trachea collapsed. Yes. They had to cut him open. In the back. Yeah. Yeah. Throat to chest and, like you say, go in through his back and basically rebuild his his trachea and he was literally like when they took him out of the ring and got him to the hospital minutes from death yes so i kind of have a newfound respect for him yeah he's, <laughs> like, he's awesome yeah he's not, awesome. not only going into this match but also making the scar like so during the promos beforehand the like the team 3d like make fun of his scar and they're like in ecw we would have called that a scratch Blah blah blah. No, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't, you, have you, you wouldn't have been able to pay your, your medical <laughs> bills because the checks were bouncing. Yeah, Hammond wasn't even paying you. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to cover your medical bills. Uh, but yeah, so once I uh, read that, I was like, "Wow, bloody Steiner! Just he, yeah, he 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 doesn't get his due. No, he doesn't. He's some lad. Tell you, he really is. Some the, the greatest uh, Irish honor we can bestow." <laughs> some lad, some lad. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so something really funny happens next, and it's funny because it, like, I mean, it's not funny in context, right? But for you, someone who isn't really a TNA aficionado, this is going to be very bizarre for you. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it's bizarre when it happened, but it's bizarre because of who comes out. So. Pac-Man Jones comes out, and he's I think he's a basketball player. I, I don't know, but he would. Uh, NFL, would, Amer- I had to look him up as well. Oh, really? Looked him up. Okay. NFL American football player. So he wouldn't. He would end up becoming a tag team champion at one point, but that's much what? later. Yeah, he'll be tag team champion at some point for TNA. So that oh. that happens a little bit later on. But who comes out to confront them is our truth. Ronald Truth murder. Ronald Truth. Now, what's interesting about our truth is our truth wasn't always a joke. Our truth is yeah. a joke in WWE. He K quick, which is you know just getting rowdy. That was still horrific. Well, he's a, he's a former world champion in TNA. He is. This is the thing. Is this is what people might not remember? Ron the Truth Killings also stood up and put it up to John Cena before in a, in an airport, and it was a whole big story before he came over to WWE. So he was kind of like the man. In TNA for a while. And that's why him coming out to interrupt Pac-Man is a big deal. But it's funny when you're watching this now and you're like, that's our truth. This is silly. And it's just crazy because I mean, like, all of the stuff that our truth did or Ronda True Killings did, you just can't take it seriously because he's such a joke now. Little Jimmy and don't get me wrong, like, I'm pretty sure he's made tons of money and people he also made a return at Survivor Series which yes. you know massive pop over 
But, overshadowed. Uh, overshadowed, exactly. Oh my god. Ron R Truth's return. Do you remember do you remember Survivor Series twenty twenty-three? When R Truth came back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because when you see him here, he's like deadly serious. Like yeah. the promo he cuts is is fantastic, and you're like, well, they're gonna set up this promo. But then when you, you fast forward to 2024 and you have like that's our truth. You know, it's it's just it's it's bizarre, it really is. But there you go. I mean, that's this is a little time capsule that doesn't make sense anywhere else, you know? And again, mm-hmm. on my wee research uh, jaunt, I found out that his name rings true. Ron Truth, um, his promo is the truth. So he comes out and he says, uh, hey, Pac-Man, um, you know, calls him a little bitch or whatever, that you have in your contract that nobody can touch you. Uh, so don't know what you're doing here. Like you're you're not here to wrestle. You're not here to fight. You're out here posturing. Mm. That is a hundred percent true. Um, Pac-Man was in the middle of a suspension from the NFL. Okay. Um. So they had negotiated a contract with TNA where Pac-Man could show up, but he couldn't do any in-ring stuff. And when Ron uh killings runs down to the ring like he's tackled by all these security guards those aren't tna the other way like wrestling security guards are like like Wrestlers. local local jobbers yeah. or, or trainees or whatever yeah Th- that is legitimate security that was hired by the nfl so that, that is legitimate real life security hired by the nfl so that nobody would touch him because it was no. all part of his contract, way. right? No uh, way. So they're actual police force. Mad. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're police, but they're like legitimate security. Is that why they're so rough with them? Yes, because they weren't like... They, I, weren't, I, work, they weren't working. They yeah, were actually trying to stop them. Well, they were all clued in on what was happening, but they're like, whether it's a work or not, somebody had moved towards... Uh, Pac-Man and they were yeah so now the reason that they'd hired security wasn't because that they were afraid that a wrestler or a fan was going to like jump the ring and hit him it was because the reason Pac-Man was serving a suspension was because about 11 months before this him and his crew had gone into a strip club and he'd been throwing money around like getting all the strippers to dance up and he was chucking money around blah 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 and then uh you know whenever he'd finished his dance or whatever he sat down the strippers the people who get paid by throwing money at them started to pick his money up off the floor and he took exception to this and he started punching the strippers <laughs> like literally beating these strippers <laughs> Security ran in, like the, oh my god, that's horrible. Strip club security ran in. His security ran in. There was a massive fight. The owner of the strip club then, like during this, like bat this battle, went crawling around on the ground. He gathered up loads of the money. Apparently, he got away with it. Must have been a ridiculous amount. He got away with something like eighty grand, right? Right. So then, Pacman left, but sent one of his. Uh, goons back to the the strip club later 
who fired, like took a machine gun and fired into the into the strip club and no like way. hit a couple of people. Uh, and so <laughs> Pacman's on suspension while this trial is going on, and he ends up having to pay eleven million dollars to the employees of the strip club. So that's wow. why he's free <laughs> to show up on TNA. Wow. You know and what? Not take any bumps because he beat up a load of women and then wow. had some loves hitting women. No wonder he's in TNA. <laughs> and, uh, and then he sent one of his goons back to, <laughs> to shoot some more. I love shooting women. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, that's, that's some. <laughs> told you I did me research. You did. But it, folks, if nothing else, you get an education listening to this. Martin is bringing out everything. <laughs> and the, so, worst part, <laughs> the worst part is, like, never mind about him beating up strippers. Never mind about him having people shot. Never mind about him <laughs> throwing, throwing money at people and then taking it back, right? Here's what really fucked me. R-Truth says, oh, you're here. You're like, uh, you got this stupid contract. You can't be touched. You're not a real fighter, blah, blah. And he stands up on the ropes and he goes, ha, 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 ha. The fakest. He's supposed to laugh at Ron <laughs> Killings. And he, he can't even do a fake laugh. He literally goes, ha, 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 ha. Oh. And he would, and he would become a tag team champion within the tag year. Tag team champion. He can't even laugh. He can't even laugh. So look, well, something we are going to have a have a laugh at, and it's fortunate because he has sadly passed, but oh, it's I still can't. very, it's still very funny. Not not him passing, just the next segment. Got <laughs> dark. So we have eleven minutes of nonsense, and this eleven a minutes on a hat on a hat. So this eleven minutes is is why I can't stand Adam Copeland or any any kind of name because it just triggers this. I I, I get an image of Test running out with his shaved head, roided up body, and Test. just having. Surely you mean Andrew Martin? Andrew Martin, exactly. Andrew the Punisher Martin. Even though Andrew the Punisher Martin, weirdly, must be a fan or something, because he comes to the ring in test gear. He's, <laughs> he's still wearing his test ring trunks. I mean, you know, they're, I'm assuming those trunks are expensive. But he's, uh, he, yeah. and I think he still has the test he's tattoo as well. He's spending all his money on testosterone. <laughs> but he comes and he has this face on him. And it's just like... It's like he's huffing and puffing. He's gassed before he gets into the ring. And it's just horrendous. But what's worse is the com like uh, Mike Tanay and, and Don West are screaming. Like literally at this point, they're screaming, It's Andrew Martin. He's here. And I'm like, oh my God. So every time I hear Adam Copeland, it just triggers this match in my brain. <laughs> and I can't undo it. So it's unfair. I, I do I do accept that, but did this match at least justify why that happened? Because here's the thing. So how you win this match, right? You have to make your opponent bleed. Then you can pin them. Not before. So your objective no, no. here is to... You have to make them bleed. And like you say, then you can pin them. Yes. And this also happens in a cage. Yes. 
the surrounded in barbed wire. Yeah. This match is a hat on a hat on a hat. It is a complete mess, but it does have AJ Styles at the peak of his power. It has Abyss, one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Yeah. It has Tyson Tomko, a man who should have left after stealing, uh, after robbing the fast food restaurant and shot up heroin at home (laughs) (laughs) instead of 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 his own home. Exactly, instead of in the bathroom, and that's why he's in jail, and not with Christian Cage, because that would, you know, I, that is one thing that AEW is missing. Actually, that's what they should do. We should start a thing, Justice for Tomko, where he can show up, <laughs> he can show up at AEW <laughs> with Christian Cage. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be hilarious. I, I would, I'll be honest with you. Even though I'm joking, I'm also deadly serious. That would be like, I'd pop huge for that, and I get a Tomko T-shirt. Be amazing. Um, <laughs> this match, Christian Cage, AJ Styles, and Sting. What yeah, a bloody embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment. <laughs> no, look, I'll be honest with you, right? So, Sting's tenure in Impact or in TNA is so mixed. Bizarre. No, bizarre. <laughs> bizarre is the word we're using. We're not using the word mixed. It's bizarre because you do these like really, really good matches or these really good runs or angles. And then it'll be mixed in with this bizarre match. Like, he's in genuinely some of the worst Russo-rific nonsense in TNA. Like, he's there. The man is there. And the worst part about this is he could have been in the WWE wrestling The Undertaker. And he just isn't. I mean, could he have been because he went to the WWE and instead they just humiliated him? Martin, we're not going to mention this. We're going to move on from that. Uh... (laughs) But I mean, at the time when he he could have been, he's in here having this garbage match. Like it's it's terrible. I mean, and it is. It's it's kind of fun. Terrible. If you, it is, it is fun. It but is it is terrible. Fun. Like nobody's going to say this is a good match. No, it's very fun. I mean, I think it's. I genuinely think it's hilarious. But at the same time, Pac Man has been beaten up, and he's like, it's randomly intercut with him going into an ambulance, and he just looks yeah. bored. But as per his contract, you never see him beaten up. No, and he doesn't see look him laying on the ground. And we can assume that they had a team come in and gently lower him to the ground before the cameras were turned on. Yeah, and he's just sitting there with his hands crossed, like he's like waiting to like go asleep, uh, Wait, waiting to get paid and go home. Exactly. But at this point, like the lads are in there killing each other in a cage match, and it's like, listen, no one cares about Adam Pacman Jones. Just focus on the three, uh, sorry, five of your biggest stars on test in there, um, <laughs> killing each other. And it's just crazy. Like, so what happens is basically during the course of the match, uh, I think Tomko's the first one to get get color. And then they, they slowly start bleeding more and more and more. Um, I do like, like the six-sided cage was always cool. I do think if TNA are going to bring that back. It is really cool, yeah. Like, they, they should just bring the six-sided ring back for lockdown as a six-sided cage. I think it's it's just such a unique look. Covenant and Barbwire is a bit it's a bit much. <laughs> I mean, little lockdown is cool in and of itself. Like, they should bring that back as, like, a six-sided ring. But this was It weird. actually would, yeah, for, like, a one-off pay-per-view, it would be... Because I know the wrestlers don't like wrestling on it, but like once a year, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I because th- I mean it's such a unique looking thing. Now this is the first and only Doomsday Chamber blood match. They never once brought it back again, and you can see why because it's 
absolute nonsense. <laughs> even even the name is a hat on a hat on a hat. So it, we're going to have a doomsday. Oh, a doomsday. No, no, no. A doomsday chamber. Oh, a doomsday chamber. But no, no, no. A doomsday chamber of blood, Matt. What? Are, are you finished? Can I? There, uh, is, there is a really good spot on it where they have the glass in the bag. Oh, yeah. And then they cut Abyss open with it. And it's That's a mangy spot. Sick. It's Dude, a mangy spot. A really that, good. Now, look, I couldn't find anything on this. But from watching it. No, it's me, real. That looks legit. No, it is legit. Like, so. Abyss, I'll be honest with you, like Abyss is so underrated, and we're gonna watch Abyss matches. And the punishment that man puts his body through is more than Big Foley. And oh yeah, it, he's, and and, and he, he ha- gets unfairly labelled as like a mankind ripoff. No, he's not. He's like a perfect mix between Kane and McFoley. Yeah. But then he does like more interesting. Like I think his matches for somebody who spent most of his career underneath the mask. He his performance is incredibly unique and he gains a lot of sympathy, even though he's a monster. Uh, yeah. and it's just he bleeds better than anybody else. That mask just it looks great when I know it's kind of sadistic, but he bleeds better than anybody. Oh, he bleeds like, all over it. Oh, it's it's such a cool visual. But I mean, in this match, we have you know, but but, but before you go on from go on. this spot, so go on, go on. uh, when Bret Hart and Stone Cold had their like really famous WrestleMania 12 match mm. or 13 can't remember which 13 13, 13. Yeah. yeah they had a really famous uh, 13 match Brett had said look I know we're not really supposed to but like we want this match to go over massive so I think you need to get some juice right and he asked Austin had he ever gigged himself had he ever cut himself and Austin had said no and Brett was like okay the number one rule in this business is you never ever let anyone else cut you, yeah, because they'll do it too deep or too wide or too long, or and you'll end up either with a serious scar or possibly bleeding out. But he says, I've been doing this, you know, 14, 15 years, or whatever. I know what I'm doing. So if you want, I'll cut you, and I'll do it really safe and really. But this is a one-off. Never let anyone cut you. Right, so I'm watching this, and that's going through my head as <laughs> Christian is dragging this shard of glass across Abyss's head. Right, mm. and like he he looks like he's doing it like pretty steady, like he's not being like it looks gruesome, but it looks like a steady, deliberate. You know, he's not like hacking and slashing at him. Mm. Uh, and then <laughs> once he got some, he turns around and he just slashes his arm. He yeah, like the arm is bleeding worse than that. Like, yeah. oh my god, it's mental. Like, it's so crazy. Like, when the glass gets brought out, and this is how you know it's real. Like, the lads are getting more and more cut every time they're bumping near it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, this is just like, it is one of the most extreme matches you can see. And it's funny because, like, you know, like modern modern WWE fans who watch AJ Styles would not notice. And lads who watch AEW wouldn't associate Christian with something like this. But yeah. you get to see, like, one AJ, yeah, he can work this kind of style, and so can Christian. And they both take bumps that are violent, 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 violent bumps. You know, it, it's it's such a cool match. And, like, halfway through it, when you're watching the ring, and the ring is just covered in blood, and you're like, damn, why were they doing this? 
because it's it's a silly nonsense, terrible match. But it's... when AJ gets dropped on the glass, he gets a black hole slam on the glass. You're like, oh my god, AJ! Holy hell! It's you know, so it's so violent. Unfortunate that um that in the current era we're in, where guys are having like incredibly violent, like take the Hangman Page Swerve Strickland match, hmm. like incredibly violent, like really painful punishing matches but those matches are getting over and they have real meaning and storyline and you can tell that that match is going to be used to further their career for the next 10 years to come they'll be using video packages of that match for the next decade (laughs) it's so unfortunate to see these guys putting themselves through the same thing for like a comedy nonsense bullshit match. Like it's... you have you have uh the like obviously the baby faces winning and I don't know why they thought Andrew the Punisher Martin was a baby face because he wasn't. He never was. He's the ultimate bookly. Um and he's also I believe he's on the boy list as well. Uh because he is no our our bookly list is entirely of course legally it, separate and distinct. It's legally distinct and completely separate, but I do believe he has the honor of being on both. It's like the Hall of Fame and TNA and WWE. <laughs> um, you you can be on both. They're they're they are separate things. Um, in terms of uh, good old Andrew the Punisher Martin, do you know where the name Test comes from? No. It was a rib because whenever McMahon saw him. And saw that he was so huge, like as a rib, they called him Test, short for testosterone supplements. Stop. Yes, but stop. Swear to God, but oh my God, that's so dark. Then, because despite putting that rib on him, they then fired him for failing a wellness test. It's like you knew what you were getting. You t- you brought him in. You you brought the the drug guy in. You called him drugs. And then you fired him for drugs. What? What do you do? Um, at least TNA, TNA also fired him for testing positive for steroids. Well, but at least be... they, at least they, they didn't call him Andrew the Steroids Martin. <laughs> Andrew Roydy Royd Martin. Andrew Roydy McGoo. <laughs> like here's the thing, though, right? This would be his one and only pay per view appearance. He Mad. would be pretty much done after this. And then sadness. Um, you know, it's so unfortunate. It really is. It's like, why? And it, TNA would do this kind of stuff where they, for better or worse, they'd bring in people who they shouldn't have brought in. And so for, for anyone who doesn't know what we're referencing, um, Andrew Martin or Test uh, died at the age of 33. Yes, he did. From um, an opioid overdose it was an overdose yeah and it was you know it it is very sad it genuinely is but Uh, like like we were talking about oh sorry go ahead no no i was gonna say like it's just when wrestlers die it's it's still like kind of a shock and he's way too young to have died even at that age like you know even by the standard of wrestlers day and young exactly 33 it's crazy young most wrestlers aren't even hitting their peak here's the thing right so he this was so he wasn't 33, he was like in his early 30s. And this, he looks about 50. Yeah, like his, his, the, the wear on his body, he looks a bit like a hard 50. He died in 2009, 
So yeah. this is 2007. So yeah, so like 31. Does not look like a 31 year old man. No. You know, like he's like he's walking out there looking like Randy Orton now, but yeah, Randy Orton is natural, and he was obviously juicing to to high heaven, you know. Um, and look well, again, TNA would do stuff like this where they'd bring in people who they shouldn't have. I mean, Pac-Man, as we've discussed. Um, <laughs> you know, Kurt Angle's whole thing. Kurt Angle's the whole was there exactly. He was addicted Jeff to Hardy. It was you know. They would do stuff for better or worse, where they should bring in guys, and it might work and might help them. I mean, Black Rain, it, it's, but it, it's, it's unfortunate. But it's 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 good that you mentioned Black Rain because much like we were talking about how this is was an incredible low point in Dustin Rhodes's life. We didn't end on that. We ended on the fact that he became so much better, and he recovered, and he became an inspirational figure. Um, and uh, you know, he's he's amazingly still wrestling today and when it comes to Andrew the test Martin um, I don't think we should focus on the steroids or the opioid addiction or his early death I think we should honor him as the king he is from 2001 to 2005 was sleeping with Stacy Keebler and from 2007 to 2009 was banging Kelly Kelly rest in power Andrew, the test Punisher, Martin. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. You win. You win. <laughs> but listen, so we're going to move on from one source of nonsense to a whole <laughs> other bunch. So I've never experienced this before. And it's one thing that I kind of forgot happened. Never have I ever, until this point, rewatching this show and obviously watching it when it happened. Seen a match with not one, not two, but three graphics for what the tie, what the match is for. At the beginning of this match, we get a graphic for the TNA Tag Titles, the TNA X Division Championship, and the TNA World Championship in sequence. Yep, because and they don't match, even mention. They don't even mention. I, I, IWGP heavyweight champion. Like, do you think they would have had like some that holding a piece of paper or something saying this, this too? You know, no, they <laughs> they just don't. But it was funny because this match like genuinely was for that title, and they would do it with the, when the Dudleys won the the tag belts as well. They were defending matches that sorry, defending belts that weren't theirs to defend on yeah. the show. Now it's funny. Do you know who Kurt won that belt from? Wait, which one? The tag title? No, sorry. So going into this match, we had so the tag belts where Joe, he had both of them. He also had the X Division title. Who who was he tag champion with? Himself. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, so this, this pay-per-view starts off with a tag team match for a singles title yeah. and ends with a singles match for a tag title. TNA. <laughs> Kurt would have the world belt, but he also had the IWGP title. and yes. he And he won that off. Brock Lesnar. He won it off Brock Lesnar. So this was the return of Brock. And it wasn't even technically the IWGP title because uh, the IWGP at that stage, or New Japan as it's known, had split. uh, Inoki, who was the founder, had split from New Japan and set up his own Inoki something or other federation. But Lesnar still had the physical IWGP title 
So he just took it with him when he went to Inoki's Federation. And they just, like, they were called IGF, but they just kept the IWGP title. Japan is mental. Absolute nonsense. And again, James Chupenny, he's your man on this. He obviously is probably screaming at the computer going, there's more context. I got so I probably got so much of that wrong. James, so we're sorry. sorry. We, we do what we can. <laughs> we do what we can. It's nearly four in the morning for us here. We're, we're trying. Yeah, yeah. We're trying. We're trying to work through TNA nonsense. <laughs> so this is like, you know, the beginning of Kurt Angle's power run, right? Yeah. Where he's peak Kurt Angle. He's doing mad stuff like jumping off cages and flying off arenas and that. But it's also, as I said, the peak of TNA's steep decline, where the nonsense takes root and Vince Russo completely loses his mind and nobody says stop and they bring in Hulk Hogan and it gets progressively worse. But at the same time, it's also such a weird angle because like Kurt Angle's literal wife divorces him at this point in real life, then hooks up with Jeff Jarrett, would marry Jeff Jarrett. So, uh, so, so, so Kurt Angle is literally going through a real divorce at this point where one of the storylines is he wants her to take her back and she is playing like distraction for a match that's for all the belts. Over over the course of this pay-per-view, after every match, it cuts the backstage and we see a vignette of Kurt Angle's real-life wife, who's real-life divorcing him, like trying to ride someone backstage. And then we cut to Kurt Angle being really like depressed. It's actually some of it's hilarious. Angle is such a good comedy wrestler. Like, yeah, he's but, amazing yeah. <laughs> No, but, uh, he is though. But this, like, I, I was in the the so you know the video package played beforehand of him, uh, in his skivvies begging to be taken back. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. I'm in the front row or in the second row, just yeah. with look of puzzlement on my face because they actually shot those segments back to back. So Kurt Angle came out wearing one set of clothes, and then they did the same. They did the same thing with him wearing a different set of clothes, and I'm just, just and I'm just there puzzled by the whole thing. So I remember this entire setup so vividly because I was there. So there's a segment where his real life wife is like uh like coming on to I don't know he's some rapper or some singer or something. And then there's a segment where where Kurt can't focus on the match because he's so depressed. So he goes to his therapist. <laughs> his therapist is Kevin Nash. Yeah. Going, what is what in the name of God is happening? See that was Kevin Nash's role. He kind of just hung out with the X Division guys just having a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so that all was, the guys in the business. Kevin Nash just... He had it down, didn't he? He did. He's some lad. He really is. He, he got as so much lad. money as possible to dick around and <laughs> do as little as possible. And be beloved because of it. Oh, my God. What a character. What a, what a legend. What a legend. Literally, what a legend, like, generally. Um, yeah, so look, the match itself here is actually quite good. Now, oh, it's brilliant. Now, Kurt Angle and Joe would have a series of phenomenal matches in TNA, and anytime, like, look, it's Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. I don't need, to, I don't need to sell you on how good this match is for anybody. No, but what is what what is bizarre is the match itself is phenomenal, but the TNA nonsense. And look, I love TNA, but it has a lot of nonsense, and when it shows, if it's not controlled, it can take over the place. What brings this match down is 
halfway through it, Kurt Angle's real life wife walks out with some fella, some some random fella who we have no idea who it is. Uh, he apparently, looks, he's like a rapper or a singer or something. Yeah, uh, he looks like Kevin Federline. He looks like a bald Kevin Federline, right? Yeah. And she starts wearing the face off him. In the front row. In the front row. Of course, Matt. His real life wife, who he's getting a divorce with, she is bet into him. And he's just sitting there. And the worst part about it is like, he's some rapper. He's probably working in a Walmart or something else somewhere. Or, you know, because I mean. He, <laughs> do, you, do you remember we were doing WCW and Kevin Federline was in it? We had to look it. up what he's doing. What now. he's doing. Yeah. I mean, like if Kevin Federline isn't doing anything, I don't think your man is doing anything at all <laughs> if he's not dead and that's not a joke but we just don't know because we're not looking up we i don't even know his name all right and no disrespect to anybody working walmart walmart's an honorable professional but still yeah i mean we're saying rap we're is saying dishonorable rap, yeah rap is the problem here folks <laughs> walmart is perfectly fine exactly exactly walmart's awesome providing um, service exactly an essential one of course but so we're so this match is taken away by tna nonsense because it's like it didn't need Oh, so it didn't need Kurt Angle's ass just being shown randomly. That's uh, something I... Not I, only, not only Kurt Angle's ass, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because it's just like the third ass, third pulling the trousers down ass spot in this pay-per-view. Yes, it's a lot. It's like the third one. It's the third one. But Kurt, <laughs> do you, it's, do you know it's very some, egregious. You, it's very egregious. <laughs> oh, this is by far the most graphic. Like, Kurt is. is one step away from pulling his cheeks apart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know... Do you know sometimes when there's a like a uh, either a weekly show or a pay per view, and the gays in the first match get like do you know do real hardcore stuff or get a load of blood, mm. and then the gays in the main event also get blood, but it's not as impactful because you've already seen the gays in the first match get blood. It's kind of like that because um, like. Kurt Angle gets his trousers pulled down and we see his arse, but like two guys have already done this spot in this pay. I have seen more than enough arses for, for one pay-per-view. I didn't need to see it. Um, I really didn't. And I Great just, arse. Like, he obviously does a lot of squats. Well, I mean, it's Kurt Angle. He, you know, he's, yeah. Kurt Angle has peak. So... I, I think the most distracting part of it, again, it's just as good as the match is, and like Joe is in there and it's given one of like his peak TNA performances, right? Oh, yeah. But it just randomly cuts back to uh, Karen Angle, just like she's rubbing his leg, and it's like, this is very, this is a lot, like, you know, just for what it is. And it's like, what? why are we trying to, to insinuate here? Is that is that she's with him or she's trying to distract him? And I mean, Don West and uh, Mike Tenay's comedy timing is like really funny on this because they're trying to dance around it. And Mike Tenay is like, he's just very much a straight guy in this where he's just like, yeah, and she's here and it's horrible and blah, blah. And Don West is just having these classic one-liners where it's like, actually, that's really funny. And I think, you know, the like, way WWE would do this and it would be Terry King going, ah, oh, you know, I wish she was here with me or whatever. And Don, my leg, my, yes. my third leg. Exactly. And Don West is like much more like coy and clever about it, and it's just it just makes it more funny. And as something that that would kind of be distracting, it's like yeah, it's distracting in the match, but the commentators are like dare witchy. We're going, yeah, this is pretty weird, all right. <laughs> and I just really enjoy the fact that they're like not in on it, but they're like aware of how weird it is, and that kind of adds such a nice little layer to the whole match. 
Yeah, it, it's it's such a strange. Um, so we we talk about the finish then before we get into that. Um, so basically, what happens is um, at some point during the match, there's a referee knockdown. Yes. Kurt Angle's wife, real life wife, <laughs> real life divorcing, uh, jumps the barricade and brings a chair with her, and she goes to hand the chair to Samoa Joe, you know, for him to brain Kurt Angle. Yes. And then Samoa Joe goes to grab the chair. And she pulls the chair back and then hands it to Kurt Angle, who belts Samoa Joe with the chair and and wins. So, like, a very unexpected swerve, but also, what in the name of God is happening? (laughs) Well, I mean, it worked, but it's a very long game. It's like, here, go and, like, manhandle my wife, random rapper. Yeah, and so, make out with her for like the whole night, so I can swear my opponent who I was beating anyway. So in future, like in future episodes of Impact or whatever, is that what the story is? That no, Kurt had set this all up, or no? Then what in the name of God happened? They they kind of they kind of went that way for a little while, and then it went back, and then Jeff Jarrett got involved with her, and then it became really awkward. Was so they it kind of, a Russo like, swerve for yeah, swerve's sake? It was, but then it like what happened was real life actually happened, and then Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett had a little, a little kind of tiff. So it was kind of like a setup, but then it wasn't. Did they ever? Oh, apologies. Did Angle and uh, Jarrett ever like have an in-ring match over this? Yeah, they did. Yeah, there was a whole few. God, imagine. Going to work every day with a guy banging your wife. Well, that's yeah. That like as I said, like this was kind <laughs> of like a. This was kind of a, is... this. This kind of was a setup, right? And obviously the <laughs> the end of it. So they go off the air where the rapper comes in, and he's holding all the belts with with, with Karen Angle and stuff like that. And it, it you're like, okay, that's the story. And the story would they would kind of pick it up again, but it progresses so the, then the, over. So the rapper's involved in it. Apparently, yeah. So this so was all like kind of, cock angle. That's yeah, and that's kind of <laughs> what happened. So I mean, Cornagle didn't look good at the end of this. Samoa Joe didn't look good at the end of this. But I think it was a swerve just for the sake of a swerve. But but it's it's such oh, this match is such a weird juxtaposition because the in ring stuff is excellent. It's fire. And it's, it's old school. It's really intense, Kurt Angle, and it's. I mean, Samoa Joe's never changed. It's super intense Samoa Joe and really intense Kurt Angle. And there's some awesome spots towards the end of this where they're like, um, and this sounds awkward, but it's done incredibly smooth. Where like two or three times they switch from a Kikina clutch to an ankle lock, to a Kikina clutch to an ankle lock. To, and, and it's done so well. Um, but the whole way through this like really excellent wrestling match, it keeps cutting to this like WWE sports entertainment nonsense and then it's this great match with this great like finishing sequence but then it has this nonsense sports entertainment ending oh it's it's such a weird juxtaposition. I honestly don't know how I feel about it um well look but here's it was the... fascinating to watch so let me so let me try help you a little bit here right so this is considered by some to be the worst pay-per-view of 2007 by TNA which I think is unfair. It's considered to be one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time by some people. And it's considered to be 
just a weird pay-per-view by others. Now, I would sit firmly in, in the middle there where, yeah, it's very weird. It has some great moments. And it also has some terrible finishes. And I think the finishes in, in lots of these are because Russo just could not control himself. I mean, there was no there was no need for a lot of the nonsense. There was no need for a lot of the run-ins. There was no need for Pac-Man Jones. There was no need for, you know... Why lot... did people keep hiring him? I don't know. But, like... Oh, wait, sorry, Pac-Man or Russo? Well, I mean, both, but mainly <laughs> Russo. It was, I think it was just because, like, Russo would have some good ideas. And, I mean, on the show, there were some good ideas. And, obviously, the, the locker room liked them as well. But, it, like, the Dooms in a Chamber blood match was nonsense. But good. But nonsense. The main event was phenomenal. But a lot of nonsense. Yeah. And it, it, this is what I'm saying to you. I think this is, like, the, the pinnacle where... They they not only jumped the shark, but they like put the shark in a, in a little van and drove it away, and then jumped it over a bigger shark, um because it's like you can't really like know the Avengers right when they when when they beat Thanos you can't really go bigger than that without being ridiculous and that's what they kind of did yeah. with the Eternals that's what kind of no, happened with TNA it's Mega Thanos exactly they, they they like it's like oh all the belts and you're like okay but but now what do we do You've literally belts from other companies. <laughs> no, but they've done that as well. It's like <laughs> now, what do you do? Uh, I don't know. Okay, um, we don't know what to do, and that's kind of what happened. Like, like two two of the matches that happened were like for title shots, one for a single guy to go against for tag team belts, and then in the Doomsday Chamber blood match, the guy who got the pin. Like was abyss, so he became the number one contender for the belt at no, at no surrender, right? Which was the next pay per view, but nobody cared about that because like Kurt Angle's walking around with literally all the belts. It, I mean, I can't even two minds about that because, like, there's only it, one match. Sorry, go on. I'll let you finish do, talking. It does like the match for all the belts. It it kind of makes both of them look amazing. Like the like the match itself. Like you say, by the end, didn't. But the build-up to it all, like all the titles in the line, both of them standing there dripping in gold. You know, because Mojo had the X Division and the tag titles, and Kurt had the uh, TNA title and the IWGP or IGF title or whatever it was. And the two of them standing there with their multiple belts putting it on the line, absolutely dripping in gold. Like, it made both of them look like just giants. And there are, like, after Kurt won, like I say, like you said, nobody really came out of this looking good by the ending. Um, but there are, like, promos and videos later on where you see Kurt standing up with, like, what, has he got, like, six belts on his arms? And he looks incredible. Like, there's... It's a lot like sometimes we talk about how The Undertaker's career is much better in video packages. I mean... Those shots with all the belts and that, like, that's going to look pretty cool in video packages, even if at the time it was a bit odd. That's fair. That's fair. And look, okay, how about we do this? What would you give this pay per view as a letter grade? Oh, man. Um, like, all considered. What's yeah. your gut I'd, I'd, I'd give this, a, I, th- I think, a solid B is fair. I think that's fair, and and that's kind of my grade I, on this as well. I think it has peaks of A plus and lows of D minus, but 
yeah, I think uh, overall, as a show, a solid B is fair. And like we said at the start, there's other pay-per-views where we go, oh, it's loaded dung, but watch this match or watch this pay-per-view, like, or watch this segment or whatever. Nah, if you're going to watch this, watch, watch this off. from start to finish. And you know what? I, I agree. I think it's, it, it's a solid show. There's something really there for everybody. I mean, I, I, I would defy anybody who's like, oh, there's nothing on that for me. There was. There absolutely was. Um, I know it says a lot about you, depending on what you pick. But, you know, it absolutely is going to be something there for everybody. And I, think I absolutely really... love the humiliation match. <laughs> well, I mean, Miss Brooks was there, so come on. Um, but, like, I mean, if if you were watching this, I think this would be a good kind of, like, opener to give somebody. And that's why I chose it. Uh, this is a good opener to give somebody TNA. It's a primer for everything. It has, like, the, the peaks, as you said, like, A plus peaks. And then it has the lows, the D minus lows. <laughs> But then it has like the weirdness as well. It's like a weird show, and I mean, AEW doesn't do that. It has like fl- has flashes. WWE definitely doesn't do it. WCW doesn't do it. This like specifically contains weird TNA flashes that only existed in TNA and still only do. And I mean, that's kind of the charm of it. And like, we're, we're, we'll I'll probably pick more of these from time to time where we you know we need a break just to kind of watch something fun from TNA or something bad from TNA. If you, if you insist again, like I want to watch a show run by ECW guys. Okay. (laughs) Or, or to get through this in your house arc that I've forced you into. (laughs) I mean, you know, we got to have a little detour into the, into, into the, the, the joys of, of TNA. But yeah, I look, I would say if you've never seen this before, folks, again, thank you for listening to our podcast about it. We appreciate it. But at the same time, you know, all these shows are free on YouTube. If this is your first time uh, thinking about TNA, you can actually go back and watch them. And that's that's kind of what we're doing. Like, I mean, it's so easy for us to do TNA because it's right there. We don't need to yeah. buy anything. We don't need to pay for anything. We don't need to even, you know, illicitly get it. It's just it's on YouTube. It's the perfect primer. It's coming back. Like, if you want to know why they've gone from Impact back to TNA, this is it. This yeah. is why. Because these are the the heights sometimes the ludicrous heights but these are the heights that they associate those initials with and martin said it better than i have martin thank you so much for that that is a phenomenal way to bookend the show you're an absolute poet like i mean you literally are but um that's you put it better than i have so thank you for that no worries camber right well look guys we're gonna leave it there uh if you have enjoyed the show please do subscribe to either our feed on air to know media or over on the true penny channel our social media is there as well. Martin will be manning it. So if you are talking on social media, it will be him responding. It will not be me. Uh, so excuse the anti-punk rants because I'm assuming <laughs> they're going to be coming. Um, uh, you know, but we are going to kind of get better with that into the new year. And um, again, we do appreciate the support. Thank you for everybody who um, listened to us this year because our rap was actually really cool to see. So that was super neat for everybody who uh, are listening to any of our shows. We, we do definitely appreciate it. And again, if you want to get in touch with us, social media is the best way to do it. Um, the wrestlingrewind.com has all the links because our links are all there and I'm not going to read them all out. But you can reach us email, Twitter or X, Facebook, all that good stuff. And um, Martin, is something you want to plug before we, we wrap up for this evening? Rest in peace, Shane McGowan. And Andrew the Punisher, Martin. And Andrew the Punisher, Mark. (laughs) No doubt they're both up in heaven, supping a pint, and shooting steroids. (laughs) Oh my god. 
Well, folks, that's going to do it. Uh, again, we'll be back next week to talk probably about In Your House uh, and uh, plenty more on Homer Simpson, a.k.a. CM Punk. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you later, guys. Have a good one. Stop. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.